this week on Yankee and the Brave. Facts with Adam Curry for April 18th, 2020. This is episode number 33. <laughs> Finally, we're back together. Mo, how you doing, man? I'm doing doing a lot better. Yeah. Actually, uh, I can <laughs> The pipes are back working and um Yeah, because well, we should uh, first apologize. Uh, well, you don't have to apologize. I'll apologize because we did not have a show last Saturday. Uh, we tried to do the show a couple of times uh, from Saturday, Sunday, or Sun Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. But actually, you were ill and uh, <laughs> with a uh, a sore throat, which had me worried for a little bit. Yeah, had me worried too. Um, this is like really the first time I ever lost my voice um, to the point where I just didn't want to talk. But it slowly started coming back. I didn't want to push it. And like I said, I appreciate everybody having the patience and their well wishes over social media and all the other platforms. Uh, I think that good energy helped me, you know, uh, bring me back to 100 <laughs> percent. When I when I you called me, what, Friday, I think last week, I'm going to say it was I maybe think Friday. It was. And I yeah. heard you I'm like, what is that? What is that? Well, you sounded like you're on death's <laughs> door, man. It was bad. It was really bad. I sounded a lot worse than I actually felt. So, yes. I mean, that was a good thing. And I was scared. Uh, people were giving me the side eye. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, may I note that you not only is your voice back, but you also sound fantastic today. This must be, of course, because of the support of our producers of the show, who we'll be thanking later on. Uh, we were able to get Mo a good setup. You got it. Now, what do you have there? You got to. Uh, I have the Shure. Um, let me see here. That'd be the, the SM40, probably. It's the, is the... <laughs> Mo, Mo. I tidied up. Like, yeah. Professional podcasters immediately know which microphone they're using, okay? Hey, man. Hey, look. It's the Shure. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the SM7B, I believe. Oh, there you um, go. That's the one. Yeah, so, the yeah, it's, uh, it's like the official podcaster's uh, microphone. So, uh, Mama, I made it. <laughs> Woo! Big time, big league, and just in time for episode 33. All right. Well, I am uh, very excited to hear what you got going on because uh, a lot has happened since we last spoke. In fact, the last time I even I mentioned the show on No Agenda, two or three episodes ago, uh, we were learning that uh, I think the correct statement would be people of color in the yes. African American African American community are uh, are getting the rona more than anybody else and they're dying quicker. And isn't it amazing how they could easily say that but you can't say Wuhan flu or anything <laughs> like that but you know what I want to table that cuz I'm oh, I, that's definitely on my list of things to come back around but I didn't want to do uh too many consecutive shows on the on the pandemic so Let's do well. Just let's spin the wheel. Let's see what we're going to talk about. All right, all right. We're spinning the wheel. The wheel of topics. Where it stops, nobody knows. Only Mo knows, of course. But that makes it more fun when we try to figure out as the wheel comes down to a grinding halt. And Bernie Sanders has dropped out of the race. Okay, interesting. Bernie Sanders has dropped out of the way race. So uh, we have covered. Uh, a number of Democratic candidates over the whole 2020 uh, primaries, and Se- I thought it was only so long. Ag- seems so long ago, Mo. 
that we it had. does right <laughs> so we had Kamala we had Corey we had um, Bloomberg Marianne Williamson yeah we had Tulsi Gabbard all of them now right one so, after another have dropped out and have endorsed Joe Biden which makes it even funnier right and that's why I want to cover this because we've seen them drop one by one and I think there's a common thing to why they fell out. Uh, But in this show, we're going to cover Joe Biden's whole, excuse me, Bernie Sanders' whole uh, political history from even going back to 2016 to him wrapping up his his campaign in 2020. Okay. All right. Excellent. I guess we'll jump right in to uh, Bernie Sanders drops out. I want to turn now to the 2020 campaign because Joe Biden is the presumptive nominee for the Democratic Party after Bernie Sanders ended his presidential campaign today. The one-time frontrunner told his supporters he couldn't win and didn't want his campaign to interfere as the nation fights the pandemic. Ed O'Keefe reports tonight from here in Washington. Ed. Nora, good evening. This chaotic Democratic campaign began with Senator Sanders on top. He even plowed ahead after a heart attack last fall. But he conceded today the coronavirus pandemic is one of the reasons he's getting out. And he was forced to make his remarks from home in Vermont alone with no supporters by his side. (laughs) Talk about a bum ride. I almost forgot about the heart attack bit. Yeah, he had the heart attack and then he, he had to bow out. You know, no fanfare. Right. Uh, but the media, the liberal media, couldn't help but to take jabs at Bernie on his way out. So Brianna Joy Gray, who, of course, was national press secretary for Bernie Sanders and is now freelance. Causing a little <laughs> bit of a storm. Um, it's fun to watch her go hard. I mean, she's such a, a sharp intellect. Yeah. And she got in a little bit of a back and forth with Joy Reid about the causes behind why Bernie Sanders ultimately wasn't able to be successful. Joy was making fun of the idea that the Sanders campaign was too nice. Brianna pointing out very, like, mm-hmm. factually that all of these issues, including credible sexual assault allegation, pattern of unwanted touching, Burisma and other corruption issues, lying about a civil rights record, none of this stuff was really brought up during the primary, and that's on the Sanders campaign. Right. It's on really Bernie himself, though, at the end of the day, because we've had the reporting that there were, and we've, we've heard this ourselves, yes. too, from people within the campaign, there was pressure on him to be more aggressive against Joe Biden. He just didn't want to do it. he just wouldn't do it. <laughs> Gee, he just wouldn't do it. Why not? I wonder why, and it, it, that just struck me is that even 2016 and 2020, Bernie was a big wuss, and I hate to say that, I know it might upset some people, but when he could have really went in for the kill on both Hillary Clinton and uh, uh, Joe Biden, he always held back, and and it was not missed, and as you heard there, uh, even his um, the his campaign even said they wouldn't listen to him and um and go after the uh, the candidates that he was uh going against. So, but go ahead. I was going to say it always seemed to me like Bernie didn't actually want to win. That's what it felt like. Well, I'm going to be completely honest right here. I mean, from the very onset of this show, my personal take on Bernie Sanders is he, is he was control opposition. That would be another way of looking at it, and very possible. Because if you ha- leave that void open, and it's just, this, is, this is solely my opinion, but if you leave that void open for something or someone to come in and fill it uh, that you know, charismatic and 
uh, outsider, then you have a problem. But if you go ahead and create the person that will fill that void, everybody will uh, rally around him and and then he can steer them the way he wants to steer them. That's, it's interesting and, you you say controlled opposition uh, because it seems so obvious, but that he seems so genuine and and the the groundswell of support for Bernie seems so genuine that if that truly is, if he is in the if he was in the race twice and uh, and maintained there just to be controlled opposition uh that's very well done <laughs> that's uh, they they th- yeah i'd say a big coup for that one can can we uh, all right so this is how i think the conversation goes uh bernie you'll bring attention to your causes we'll have incremental change and you know um You'll get a, a large platform to get some of the ideas out that you want to be identified for. I mean, identify with, and you'll be a, a a legend. Yeah, and and we'll and we'll throw one or two of your policies into the into the big game plan or something like that. Right. So it's a win. I mean, it's a win for him, but it's he wasn't going. This is just solely my opinion, but not. <laughs> I'm not the only one that shares this opinion. But um, I think he was used as a, a control mechanism so the, the Democrats didn't have to go too far left. Sounds feasible, Mo. Totally. Uh, and with that, let's listen to some more of the uh, mainstream uh, liberal media dump on Bernie Sanders with CNN trashes Bernie. So as you all know, Bernie Sanders, of course, officially spending his presidential campaign yesterday and uh, mid-morning gave a speech Uh to his supporters about the path forward and how important the movement was and and next steps, where we go from here. Uh, Apparently, though, CNN wasn't impressed with it, Zagar. No, they certainly weren't. Let's take a listen to what they said. What struck me the most there is Senator Sanders, in saying goodbye, did acknowledge that Joe Biden had an insurmountable lead, but he didn't say anything nice about Joe Biden. He did not say he had spoken to him. He did not say he would work with him. He said it was imperative to beat President Trump, but there was no big embrace of Joe Biden. He said nicer things about Joe Biden back during some of the Democratic debates than he said in saying goodbye. Hmm. It was really noteworthy uh, that that was not part of his message at all. In fact, it's funny you say that as he was speaking, I was texting with people in and around Joe Biden asking if he had gotten a phone call because it was so uh, glaringly absent. Okay, let me read you a quote from Bernie's uh, concession speech. Bernie, quote, I congratulate Joe Biden, a very decent man. There you go. And Joe Biden will be the nominee and saying he will work with Joe Biden in order to to defeat Donald Trump. We all know what's going on here. Hmm. And then the establishment left wonder why people don't like (laughs) him. That's a good not. It's not good enough that you get the win, but we got to kick this guy while he's down. And then at the same time, you expect his supporters to come out and, you know, turn the other cheek and just. Uh, well, that's the thing that that's when I'm when when you lay out this uh, controlled opposition strategy, then you have to have an exit. So the exit took place. Uh, Bernie gave his endorsement. But what do you do with? Well, obviously, with his uh delegates, I don't know if that matters anymore. But what do you do with right. with his support? I mean, how do you. 
do you drop them or do you still try and bring them into the uh, to vote for the uh, for the for the candidate who uh, I guess Biden in this case we'll see. I mean, how do you do that? I don't see it happening. Uh, oh, you! Oh, they have a game plan, and it's the same game plan they have been playing on the black vote ah. for the last forty years. Okay. Either you're going to vote for us, or you're going to let the bad guy win. <laughs> so this is why this. Now we're getting to the point of why did y'all know people are like why are we just talking about politics? No, we're seeing now. I told you, whatever happened to us first, the quote unquote black community. Is rolled out to everybody else later on down the line. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we're seeing now. We, <laughs> we were just, told to shut up we and just, vote. Yeah, we just got to watch you. We just got to watch Mo, and then we know exactly what's coming. It's, you're, you're the canary in the coal mine. That's uh, Haven't we seen this before? Shut up and vote. Shut up and vote. For you about, know, uh, yeah, for about 32 you, episodes, we've seen it. Right. If you have, if uh, if you don't vote, you're going to be the reason that the the boogeyman wins. Right. So that's the same thing they're going to play on the. Uh, and I, I don't really using this like use the term, but the Bernie Bros. Right. Uh, just where it has it has an understanding for what that means, but that they're going to be treated the same way the black vote has been treated to just shut up and vote. Right. Um. With that said, of course, and with all this uh, drama going on. Of course, President Trump couldn't help but to chime in and throw a little shade himself. We, we know that the Bernie Sanders has uh, dropped out. I, today. I did see that today. Yeah. Well, he didn't really drop out. He didn't really. Do, what about his delegates? I mean, he he said he's going to keep his delegates, and which is sort of interesting. He's going to keep his delegates, and he'd like to get more. Now. Is he dropping out or not? That's not dropping out. When you keep your delegates and then you want more delegates before you get to the convention, that's a weird deal going on there. <laughs> now, but wasn't that before he endorsed uh, Biden, or w- w- does that not? I don't know if that's this comes. This into is play. right. This is like right between. I mean, it was a short period of time. I think this fell yeah. right between the him and dropping out and an endorsement. But if you notice, Trump had to get in there and stir it up, like. He didn't really drop out, so you know you might want to keep out, which he should. He should keep the keep the because he understands as long as he keeps the 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 wound from scabbing over with the with the Bernie supporters, that either one, which I've all talked about in the show as well, is the negative vote. He's trying right. to play the negative vote into his is is um into his, his favor benefit. where. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's make the Bernie Bros stay at home, or we can maybe swing some over to our side, yeah. which he's done for the black vote. <laughs> so, <laughs> what works for one, so every, everyone's got the same strategy. And again, we test it on the black folk, and then we yeah. apply it everywhere else. <laughs> it's so, so it's so cynical. <laughs> I love it. It is so cynical, but it, like I said, if you just Read the tea leaves, which us being us being the tea leaves uh, in this situation, in most situations. Uh, with that said, I, I'm most of my clips today are going to come from the far left. Uh, one being, I heard, know you heard a couple of clips from Crystal and Sagar mm-hmm. from the Hill. Yeah, um, because I don't want to. I don't want to hear what the establishment left has to say or or the established uh, establishment liberal media that being msnbc C, uh, cnn that's the corporate wing you know the democratic party i want to hear what the actual the actual radicals yes the mm-hmm. radicals and the left have to say mm-hmm. so with that said i found one jimmy door uh, i listened to what what, I, what 
Very with familiar paying, with Jimmy Dore. <laughs> right. With paying attention to everything, you have to go to the far left, far, far left, and the far, far right, so you can set your boundaries and then see how it plays his center. Uh, with that said, let's listen to how Jimmy Dore, what he thinks about uh, Bernie Sanders and how he ran his campaign. All people are concerned about, Steph, is beating Donald Trump, right? Because they've been told everything was okay before Donald Trump, and then everything will go back to normal if we just get rid of Donald Trump, even though they're passing his legislative agenda, the Democrats. So maybe the reason why people are interested in Joe Biden is because people are, are just want to beat Trump at any cost. And then when they turn on the TV and they hear Bernie Sanders say this, they're like, oh, oh yeah, I got to watch. No, I'm not saying that. And I've been asked that a million times that I believe Joe can beat uh, Trump. And if, if Joe is the candidate, Please I'll do everything it. I can to make sure that he does. And so he says, yeah, I think. And even Jake Tapper's like, this is your strategy to tell everybody your opponent can win. Kind of a fucking strategy is that, Grab? Will you, you go on national television and you tell everybody that your opponent's going to win in November? He he's basically running Joe Biden's. You know Joe Biden's whole campaign. His whole campaign is Joe's a decent guy and he can beat Trump. What did Bernie Sanders just say? Joe is a friend of mine, and I think he can beat Trump. <laughs> That's Joe Biden's campaign slogan. Fucking idiot! What are you doing? <laughs> repeating your opponent's campaign slogan. What does this get you? <laughs> Do you consider Jimmy Dore far left? Not Antifa far left. No. He's to the right of them, but with his uh and let me let me establish what, what I'm saying with far left. The people that think uh what you would classify as democratic socialist. Yeah. Uh the healthcare for all, $15 hour minimum wage, um very liberal worker rights. Uh, let's see what else. They're more economic. You know, it's yeah. not the it's not the social justice wing. Now, some of their stuff overlaps, but that's why I consider him at, uh, right. on, on the spectrum, of the, on the political spectrum. It, it, it is interesting because Jimmy Dore has a big overlap with uh, with our media tribe, with no agenda and even Mo Facts. I think a lot of people will watch Jimmy Dore as well. Right. So, I mean, that's why I wanted to bring him in because he, him, the heel, yeah. uh, and it's a couple more YouTube, um, I don't, I just say left, left leaning uh, YouTubers that are not buying the uh, Biden uh, Kool Aid. They're right. not drinking the Biden Kool Aid. Right. And we're starting to hear that. And now they're starting to look at Bernie. Uh, Bernie is funny because it's like, dude, everything you did. <laughs> Working in favor, one, to get Hillary Clinton elected in 2016. You didn't talk about the emails. I mean, not only did he not talk about the emails. He said he, he came out. He said it was not Go interesting. Ahead. He said, I'm not interested in the emails. How are you trying to win a campaign? Uh, and uh, and you have that kind of approach to something that can take down your opponent. And let's juxtapose that to how Obama handled mm-hmm. Clinton in 08. He said straight up, hey, She's not going to get it. She's too establishment. You know, so when you see a real competitor, how they handled the uh, left establishment or the Democrat establishment, Bernie Sanders post, supposedly supposed to be a radical, and he fell way short of wanting to take the gloves out to win by any means. Yes. Uh, with that said, uh, I found an interesting clip from Roland Martin. 
And this <laughs> wait a minute. That's right- a that's yeah. an oxymoron. Interesting clip. Roland Martin. I, I, it's hard for me to put those in, in the same sentence. Well, after this, you 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 might reconsider that. Uh, Ro- <laughs> okay. Roland Martin, Bernie, and the Boule mindset. Here's the reality, uh, Robert. You got to make a decision, and what I mean by that is. You can't play an inside game from the outside. You can't say, I want to have influence, but I want to be on the outside because the reality is um, in order to have influence, you've got to be on the inside to actually do it. And, and I think that uh, for Senator Bernie Sanders, uh, he also has to make a decision. You've seen all the stories about his own camp, how he talked about his unwillingness to compromise, things along those lines. Dog, dog look, <laughs> you, you, can't, you ain't going to get your way on. On everything you got to be able to negotiate and so that's going to be a call he has to make and here's the deal if you think you're gonna you're gonna win by attacking the very people who you need to influence to change stuff mm, not gonna happen okay first of all i've never heard roland martin talk like this uh-huh yo dog <laughs> i'm good this is not so a <laughs> this is not a CNN interview. I'm sure. Where was no, this? No, this is this is on his YouTube channel. Oh, which now that's he why. His, oh, okay. He can, so, he can you know he can let his blackness fly. Oh, woo, with the dog. Yeah, it was it's, it was airborne. <laughs> and that 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 is his tale. No kidding. When he says that, he's about to say something that may he thinks is controversial. You know, so he he'll drop that. Hey, yo, dog. It's like what? What is that? But what we've seen here, unmasked, unknowingly, I don't know if he knows or not, and I'll probably put this as an evergreen because we might need to come back to this, is how the boule thinks. Oh, you have to get inside the room, uh-huh. you know, to make change. Jay-Z in the NFL, you right, got to get right. inside the room. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All the Democratic politicians, you know, you have to get inside the room to have incremental change. This is all they've said to everybody that's been, I'm not voting. Unless you have something transactional, right. now it's, incre- it's incremental. It's incremental. No, that's not going to fly. And I just like I, that's why I found it interesting because he let his, he unknowingly let his guard down and let espouse his mindset. Uh, now we can apply that to whenever we hear him talk on other topics. Th- that you, they're not radicals. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> we've, for, we've noted we've from, we've we've got this one marked down absolutely. Right. So now what I want to do is go back a little bit because this is the end of his campaign. We need to go back and look at one where he was at maybe in 2015 forward. I want to you know just go back in history and go forward. Okay. This is a clip from um Karen Hunter. Uh, one of our show favorites. Yes, <laughs> and she discusses. <laughs> and she discusses. Um, does Bernie Sanders Sanders have a black agenda? So I want to open up the phones because there were a lot of people yesterday that want to talk about Bernie Sanders, mm. Bernie people. Mm-hmm. And I need to understand y'all eight six six eight zero one eight two five because y'all move in a way that feels cultish. Mm. And I'm going to say that out loud. So call at me, whatever. It's I have no agenda. I don't like Bernie Sanders, not because of anything personal. Mm. I had the opportunity to watch him for four, five, five years now. And what I see is a man that's stuck in a particular ideology. I'm not saying he didn't march with King, but that was 50 years ago. 
I'm saying racially, he, he's from a, a he's from a state that has no culture mm. that reminds me of my own. Mm-hmm. And the things that he says are insulting when he talks about black people to me. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. <laughs> OK. <laughs> this is the tone that Bernie Sanders had to face. Wow. Uh, in the primaries from yeah. the so-called black media. Now, I want you to mark this down. Number seven, her tone. How she said, how black, how Bernie Sanders talked to black people, right? Uh, insulting, just, just, insulting to yeah, black people, yeah, insulting, insulting. Because mm-hmm. write that down, because we, we're we're going to revisit that in a moment. Uh, but I guess we can go on into uh, part two of this clip. All of this, you must be bought out by the who? I no. Oh, so you must be a corporate show. I'm a corporate something. Oh, right, right. okay. I, yeah. Listen, you come know. on, call up. Somebody mm. threatened to call me on YouTube. 866-801-8255. <laughs> I'm here for Did it. They know it's a call. They, people it's call in all, right, all the time. They I'm going to call it. your show. Call my show. Because here's the thing. <laughs> if Bernie Sanders is the nominee, I'm voting for him in November. Yeah. Yes. Because I'm mature. I understand what's at stake. And we vote strategically, not by the heart sleeves that we cry and bleed <laughs> upon. We can be critical and strategic at the same time. I will vote for the man if he's the nominee. Yeah. But he's not my choice. <laughs> just so, this is incredible. Okay, now hold on. I almost let something sl- slide on clip seven. She clearly says she has no agenda. Yeah, I heard that. Which I think will be a great uh, <laughs> a nice ISO, yeah, <laughs> nice ISO for uh, yes. for the No Agenda show. But how can you say you have no agenda, but you hold Bernie Sanders to the you know to the standard of having a black agenda? Right. She let that slip out herself that she said she has no agenda. Now you ask me, I have an agenda. You know. I mean, <laughs> When I vote, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, my this is what I want. But she lets you know, I'm not going to vote for, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't have any agenda, but at the end of the day, I will I, vote I got, for I whoever the Democrat is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How, do, how does that work? You don't have an agenda, but you're going to vote for whoever the Democrats put up. Uh, well, that's letting someone so, else set your agenda, I guess, or adopting. So, so it's not her agenda. I'm, I'm taking the agenda I'm told to take. Yeah, and, and I'll... I hate to go back and play clips, but can you please play just the first 10 seconds and catch? She stops herself short of saying something. And I'm going to be petty here, um, but um, this is listen to the first 10 seconds of number eight again. And let's just wonder what she stopped herself from saying. All of this, you must be bought out by the who? Ah, right there. Uh huh. The boule, the boule, unless she meant Burger Bob. Mm-mm. Let's hear it again. Mm-mm. All of this, you must be bought out by the who? I no. <laughs> who not now? Oh, so you must be a corporate show. I'm a corporate something. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Listen. No, it's we heard you. We heard you. Yeah, we. I, I, yeah, I heard you. I um, heard you. Now this. So this next clip is yeah. We know what you're gonna say. They sound bought out by the boule, but she caught herself. She almost said it, and I would love to hear that, but. <laughs> Um, this next clip is from her show as well, and we played this on a previous show. Uh, it was the Mike Bloomberg show. Uh, I forget with uh, what what number that was, but this is a sort of a long clip, almost two minutes, but it's a rant. So I had to capture everything just to put you in the mindset of Karen Hunter and the people that she bring on her show and and their real agenda. Bloomberg 
Park is responsible not just for stop and frisk, furthering it, systematizing it, glorifying it, defending it up until last year when he decided he was going to run. But he was surrounded by intellectuals, black activists, activists of color uh, across the entire spectrum who outlined for him the problems. New York City um, uh, Lawyers Association, NYCLU, the data, the statistics. He had facts. He had information. And he was committed to a racist policy that jailed black people, arrested black people, stop and frisk black people. I had 32 students, Bushwick 32, 32 students who were on their way to a funeral, had permission from their principals, had letters from their parents, accosted by the cops, held for 36 hours, had to go to trial, had to get in. My husband is beat up in court by court officers at their defense trial because the way in which police and court officers were militarized against black and brown communities. And you expect us to just eat that he's got money so he's going to be the best candidate? Gentrification. Bedford-Stuyvesant, Crown Heights, East New York, Flatbush, Harlem, the Bronx. Black people driven out of this city under policies that favored wealthy white people and developers. We cannot even sustain our communities right now. Education. He undermine the ability for us to have culturally competent education. You want me to say, because he can beat Trump, so Trump gonna, he's gonna do what he do, Bloomberg gonna do what he do, and yeah, he might win, but guess what? All y'all getting arrested. All y'all getting stopped in prison. He implements the same policies across the country that he furthered and supported in the state of New York. Give me a break. We can do better than this. And I'm sorry I got to agree with Megan McCain, but now I'm upset. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to add that. Mm. If he's the nominee, are you going to vote for him? I don't think he should be the nominee. If he's the nominee, because that's a strong possibility. If he's the nominee, knowing and having said everything that I just said, because I'm aware about how the politics and the system in this country works. Yes, I will have to vote for him. (laughs) It's probably the best clip we have. Such a rant, (laughs) such a and then. But, you know, party says I do what the party tells me to do crazy that's i just want to play that for a perspective on what what you're gonna get in the general election i find that inherently un-american i i I don't like political (laughs) parties in general i've never belonged to one i never will i'm not interested it's just it seems like it's just and i know that you need to for collective power and i understand how it works but i i like voting for a person not for a party i just i can't help myself And, and here's my issue if you're pro-democratic or pro-democrat party, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But don't mask yourself and cloak yourself in <laughs> yeah. blackness. Yeah. You know, and then when it comes down to whether, you know, one, uh, if for people to uh, say, like me to say, I'm not going to vote unless there's a transaction for my vote. Uh, you you, you uh, treat us like trash. You talk down to us. That's not limited to uh, Bernie's support, uh, supporters. They did the same thing. Right. But then when it's time to vote, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do whatever, we'll do whatever tell you tell us to do. Yeah. Come on. I mean, like, how dumb, how dumb do we have to be? Um, no, but wait, but, but wait. Yeah. So the question always is, I mean, it, people listen to these shows. People have this opinion. People, there are lots of people who must think like this. Or are there? I, I don't know. Is this now the general thinking? They are the loudest in the room. And that's what I always say. These people have the microphones. And one thing, let me say this. One positive about the whole coronavirus thing is, oh, how the mighty have fallen. (laughs) When they don't have their bright lights and their million-dollar cameras and their sound stages and somebody beating their face for two hours before they get in front of the camera with makeup, they're just like us. Yes. Isn't that that amazing how that works? 
Yeah. So now we're seeing, I think that they don't matter. You know, when you put them in those bright lights, they may, and we talked about some last show, they're casting spells. Yes. But without their, without their voodoo, you know, um, they can't, their spells don't work as much because now you're just a, somebody sitting in a, a poorly lit room with, you know, you know, with, uh, inferior, uh, equipment, <laughs> uh, you know, pushing an agenda. Wor- worse than a podcaster. Yes. I hear you. Right. Cause that, cause they don't even take their craft serious. You know, <laughs> I mean, you would think if it was, if it was your craft, you would have a good setup in your house just yeah. in case. That's the question. You know, what is their craft exactly? Now you start to see. Yeah, it's it's casting spells on the behalf of whoever has the biggest uh, purse. <laughs> uh, speaking of casting spells, it's the number one top witch doctor, uh, Doctor, uh, excuse me, Reverend Al Sharpton, has uh, even his two cents for uh, Bernie Sanders. What do you expect to hear from Bernie Sanders? He's been getting some flack in some ways over his inability to bring that economic populist message into alignment with speaking to how race uh, intervenes in this. What do you expect to hear from him? You know, uh, Bernie Sanders' challenge, and I said this to him, is that you cannot deal with saying kill identity politics, economic populism, and not deal with the racial problem uh, in, in even dealing with economics. Because when he talks about we must bring the uh, pilot, the body politic to Main Street. They're different between Main Street and Martin Luther King Boulevard. We can't act like that the people on Main Street don't have some advantages that people on Martin Luther King Boulevard do you think has. Do you think and I think that's the challenge. you think he's tone deaf to that fact? Huh. And you see his uh, handler had to chime yeah, in there. Had to jump in. Uh, <laughs> yes, that was interesting. <laughs> That was Joe Scarborough for the people who don't know. But yeah. do, you, do you think Bernie is toned up to that fact? Because they're, they're all about the establishment. Yes. And they knew Biden was going to be their, their person. I mean, anybody but Bernie. I mean, at that, at that point, I mean, they didn't really want Biden. But I would have to say this. The independent black media, uh, the fact that the pro-reparation crowd, th- those factions took down all of the Democratic uh, candidates, Bernie being the last one. Really? This is what we've seen here. This is what we've seen here. Uh, we saw, uh, we played it out in the show with Kamala Harris. Right, right. How when she stepped on that landmine, boom, gone. Yeah. Uh, Bloomberg, billions of dollars stepped <laughs> in that landmine, that's boom, my, no, that's my fa- That's my favorite case because, you know, it's... Uh, Whoever has the most money wins, they keep telling us, but it just turns out to not be true. You actually can't buy an election. I love that. You yeah, and you can't buy an election, and once their, their boule butter biscuit eaters <laughs> have no effect anymore. They don't have an effect anymore. I mean, you could come out, Al Sharpton and your Karen Hunters and all these people can come out and say, you know, do this, do this. And there's, we're like, no. And I'll tell you why, Mo. I'll tell it. you why. Because I see the shift. I see it happening. I see it during this lockdown. Mm-hmm. People are moving away from mainstream. They are listening to their YouTube heroes. They're listening to their podcasters. They're reading blogs. They're, and yeah, Twitter and social media has a role in this. Uh, not a very positive one. But I think people are, are turning on to different ideas. And they're tuning out from the centralized messaging. Besides the fact that it's tedious, boring, and repetitive, these people are losing credibility left and right. Right. 
And then, like I said, without their without their magic, they're 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 less than the independent media. And I'll tell you, because mi- at least I'll, the, I'll tell you, Mister Mo Fax is more influential in today's political arena than Karen Hunter. You can take it from me. That, <laughs> you can I take it from that. me. I mean, it's not much, Mo, but take it. It's a start. <laughs> no, but you know why? Because I told you, if I come up here talking crazy, cancel me. You know, I've said that mm-hmm. they can't say that. You know, they That's don't have right. the freedom exactly. to say that. Exactly. And we're we're value for value. So if the people don't don't like appreciate it. the don't like it, they won't support it. Yep. And and we've learned how to do less with do more with less because they've had the thing to lean on, the magic to lean on. What we've had is, you know what, we have to work harder. We have to go. I mean, I don't want to make that about that, but I'm just saying that. They don't have proper microphones. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> what are you doing? Well, and if you really know what you're doing, you get people to help you out to buy the microphone. Like, we did it. This is perfect. We we have unlocked that key. But that's what Corona has been beautiful about is because they couldn't bring the people in their houses to set them up. So now they're just trying to wing it on their own. Yeah. You know, this, is, this has been very uh, uh, educational. And, and very telling on who really has the chops and who's supported by uh, by the machine. Yes. Uh, with that said, let's let's finish listening to uh, uh, Reverend Al. I don't know that he's tone deaf as, as much as I don't know that he's articulated his feelings that that he's communicated us because he really why understands the, why it. Why it's it, communicated. Why, why did he do so poorly with Black Americans? I think that he was not able primary. to articulate uh, to them that he understood the race divide. And I think that him coming out convention Friday and other things is him reaching out, trying to get that done because he does understand and lives. It. it is not just Bernie. It's the women's movement. It's a lot of the other movements where they are progressive on certain issues and not progressive on others and don't understand the black community. In many ways, Joe, you and I disagree politically, right. but have the same kind of cultural understanding Understand. of the church. Yeah. A lot of them don't have any reference point because it's all intellectual. Do you think, do you think, do you think that's in part because of the South? I mean, you're, you're some My South parents are from, South, right. parents from the South, but also the church, understanding the church and what a, a central but, role But it's the church. It's hip-hop culture. It, it, a, lot of, a lot of hip-hop is, 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 is anti-church. I think they just have a cultural divide that they haven't realistically dealt with, yeah. which is what speaks to Eddie's question. So, yeah, um, one thing I will say this, Bernie Sanders was always going to have struggles in South Carolina. And the fact that we're independent, I can say this very next statement that a lot of people can't say. Him being Jewish (laughs) was not helpful (laughs) with with black Christian. You may say South Carolina is very Christian, very black in that primary, not going to be very helpful to his cause. And a lot of people won't say that. I think that's what Reverend Al was hinting around about the church, but he doesn't have that connection, even though he's been, you know, marched within the civil rights movement, right. you know, and been aware of the civil rights movement all this time. He didn't have that spiritual connection because we even saw this with Obama. Now, there's some belief, but Obama prescribes to a different school of, of faith. That he portrays himself to be, but he even knew. Well, what, what, what exactly? What exactly is that? I mean, besides uh, the fact that we suspect he's a Muslim, 
<laughs> what right. what is the perceived faith of uh, Barack Obama? Well, from the way he uh, strategically uh, presented it, that he was a churchgoer. Right. Uh, and I think that was the whole Reverend Wright thing that helped him more than hurt him. Hmm. Because it was like, oh, he's been going to church all these years. Oh, yeah. Bro. Oh, Obama. You know what I'm forget, yeah. forget what was said there. But, yeah, he was going to church. Okay. Because yeah. we're talking about to the older black crowd. And right. like I said, South Carolina is a major hurdle if you're running for president, especially as a Democrat, you know, to get over. So you have to have that uh, connection with the black church. And I yeah. think that, that was a real struggle with um with um Bernie well, Sanders. Yeah, but there was I mean, if we just look back briefly, the push for Joe Biden was all the way through the phony baloney app at the uh at the caucuses, you know, mm-hmm. which I don't know if the numbers ever did get reported properly. There was all kinds of shenanigans. I mean, it, it was so obvious Bernie was going through another screw job. I I mean, it was just everything you looked at, right down to the reporting. And they, he said nothing. No. <laughs> No. Yeah, you're right. You're now, right. Very saying, odd. When you go back and look at it in hindsight. Nothing at all. No, nothing. It's, it's easy to say, you know what? I'm not going to participate in any more uh, mainstream media. I'm not doing any more interviews. You right. know, he, I mean, he could get his message out there. He could, you know, sound the alarm to these things that we've spotted. I'm sure his campaign spotted, but he's no, uh, uh, Joe, uh, Joe's a nice guy. And, uh, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, a nice guy? <laughs> you do a pretty good Bernie there. He's a, he's right. a nice so, guy. <laughs> right. Um, so with that said, um, we're going to jump on down to, to 13 here. Uh, and will Bernie Sanders uh, struggle with the African-American vote? In the coming days, Senator Bernie Sanders is expected to announce that he is entering the 2020 campaign. The Vermont Independent also ran for the presidency in 2016, but failed to beat Hillary Clinton for the Democratic nomination. Throughout the campaign, Sanders struggled to match the support Clinton received from black voters. The New York Times looked into whether Sanders can do better in 2020. The paper writes that the senator's, quote, weak track record with black voters, a vital base in the Democratic Party, could be a potential threat to his candidacy. Let's bring in Rashad Robinson. He's the president of Color of Change, a progressive civil rights advocacy group, which has been advising potential presidential candidates. Uh, Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So, you know, can Bernie Sanders do something differently to salvage his chances with African-American voters? Oh, now who was this guy that she brought on? This is a guy from the Color of Change. Um, Another uh, activist slash talking head. Uh, we're going to get to what he has to say. But I want to point out something to people. Barack Obama didn't even have the black establishment media support in 08. He did not have it. Hmm. Uh, Hillary Clinton had she it had until it. they yes, realized you're right. that you're right. Obama was more viable than, uh, than Hillary and then they pivoted to her. So this is not racial. This is about establishment control. And we saw that with uh, Joe Biden and uh, Clyburn. Mm-hmm. You know, he he called up his uh, old buddy uh, Clyburn. I, hey, I need South Carolina. Um, yeah, oh, oh, that was the big one. His uh, Clyburn's endorsement. I mean, that was you couldn't get any bigger. I don't think unless Beyonce had uh, or Oprah. Well, we're gonna find out. Beyonce is uh, not what we think she is later on this show. But that's just <laughs> woo. All right, that's just a tease. Uh, but yeah, it's. Isn't that amazing that your your first black serious candidate for president didn't even have the black establishment media's Isn't that support? interesting? Yeah. 
So it's not about it's not about race. It's about power, uh, power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and Hillary slowly it slowly slipped from slipped from her in 08. Um, but yeah, it was about power. So this this gentleman for color of change is going to make some recommendations to Bernie about how he can uh, not struggle with the African-American voters. Of course he can. I mean, I think that since 2016, you've seen a lot of the country um, move um, closer to some of the policies that he was putting out uh, that at the time seemed like bold um, steps that were impossible. You even have like President Obama embracing Medicaid for all and and other folks and many of the candidates running. So absolutely um, he can. Um, But, you know, a senator that comes from Vermont, I have family that lives in Vermont who may make up part of the very small black population that lives there. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that he hasn't um, had to um, engage black voters, a black constituency, sort of in that muscle um, needs to be built. Mm-hmm. Um, it also um, is going to speak to who he hires, who he brings on his campaign, who's in leadership. All of that will matter as well. <coughs> this Rashad Robinson is an in- interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Um, has he, I guess he, he came to... He rose up after Hurricane Katrina. I guess, like I said, I'm familiar with color of change, but not him personally. Yeah, uh, but if you want to educate us, I mean, I'm well, he's he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a 100% activist organizer, uh, or, right, or which, as Wikipedia calls him, an American civil rights leader and nonprofit executive. So yeah, he is running. And that's the thing. After the every major event, you have these people crop up. Yeah. Uh, you know, and grant and, and gain notoriety and you know, saying fame off of these events like Katrina, the Trayvon Martin shooting, the Mike, uh, Mike this. Brown shooting. So the, yeah, but yes. this this group it goes beyond that. So yes, of course, uh, they uh, they work very hard on working against or actually help pull funding from the American Legislative Exchange Council, uh, which his group claimed was responsible for stand your ground, which uh, has to do with Trayvon Martin, but mm-hmm. they've also persuaded businesses, including MasterCard and PayPal to stop accepting payments from what they call white nationalist groups. I don't know what that means. Exactly. Color of change. We don't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Color of change is credited with working with Silicon Valley companies, including Airbnb, Google, and Facebook to improve diversity inside their companies. <sighs> okay. Yeah. All right. Now uh, should probably look at. And the main takeaway from that clip is it's all about who he hires. Yeah, of course. Not, not his, not his agenda, not, not his platform, not the planks of his pa- platform about who he, he needs better talking heads. That was his whole suggestion, which basically he, that was him submitting his application. Yeah, uh, right there. Here's, here's my resume. <laughs> and and that didn't fall. Um, but Bernie had one problem, one huge glaring problem. <clears throat> and that was even from the 2016 election with. OK, let's let's rule out here. The older black folks are going to go with the establishment. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they just they're familiar with them. Uh, your Clintons, your Obamas, your Bidens by uh, associate uh, association with Obama. Uh, so the older black folks are going to go to Biden or whoever the establishment right. candidate. is. Right. Right. So now Bernie has to say, 
how do I reach everybody else in the black community? Uh, he has a segment of millennials that are really strong supporting him. But there's this other segment out here, like myself, that are saying uh, that's the ADOS or foundational blacks, native blacks, however you want to, um, or the people that's just disenchanted with the whole Democratic Party. So now he had to figure out how do I get them on board? Well, in 2015, before the 2016 election, he gave a direct answer on reparations. A lot of African-Americans are starting to call for reparations for the many years of stolen labor um, through slavery. Is that something that you would support as president? No, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I think it would be, first of all, it's likelihood of getting through a Congress is nil. Uh, second of all, I think it would be, you know, very divisive. I think the real issue is when we look at the poverty rate among the African-American community, uh, when we look at the high unemployment rate within the African-American community, the incarceration rate within the African-American community, we have a lot of work to do. So I think what we should be talking about is making massive investments in rebuilding our cities, in creating millions of decent paying jobs, in making public colleges and universities tuition free and working on childcare. Basically, targeting our federal resources to the areas that it is needed the most and where it is needed the most are in impoverished communities, often African-American and Latino. <laughs> well, well, well. Well, well, well. Is- Reparations is divisive. Yes. How do you like that? Now, DACA's not divisive. I mean, <laughs> oh, no. You know, but yeah, reparations uh, not. And notice how you said it, too. It was a hard, flat no. Yeah, like, oh, no. yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, he's the revolutionary, right? I mean, he's supposed to be on the far left of things. Uh, free, I mean, saying free Medicare for all and almost open borders and Almost completely open borders. I'm just saying, I mean, I don't want to put that on him, but I mean, almost, you know, uh, 99% open borders. uh, But then when we talk about reparations, oh no, that's divisive. That's very divisive. How could I I ever get that through Congress? (laughs) Yes, because we don't want uh, other color people of color getting all pissed off. That that won't work. By the way, isn't that amazing? When we start asking for something, we're worried about how everybody else is supposed to get pissed off. But when you say DACA, not a problem. S- no, not a problem. Yeah. Or uh, mass immigration. You know, that's not a problem, which those people come here to compete with us. Uh, the so-called black community or quote unquote black community that directly for the, the the lower level jobs that that's not divisive. But when we start asking for something. Oh, yeah. That's no, divisive. divisive. Uh, as and this is. As an, as an aside, uh, I, I, I was curious, so I did look up Color of Change. Uh, they are not their own foundation. They are completely just a project, essentially, of Act Blue. So this is ju- basically the Democrat Party. That's, that's who Act Blue is. So when you give to them, you're not giving to, to Rashad or his group. You're giving to... Mm-hmm the dnc indirectly through act blue so it's just uh, another another party setup sorry we can go back <laughs> just just no no, to, no, no, no no it irritates good. me that, when i see these people you know like well, where are you from what's your deal so now we know and that and that's good because i, I love when you tra- track down the money like that because you even did it with a black lives matter i mean just since we're going to just take this quick aside you did it with a black lives matter front 
that the money was actually going to a Chinese organization. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. I forgot about so that. So it's like, right. how does that work? Mm-hmm. Well, in, in hindsight, we understand it fully now how that works. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now we um, get it. Now we get it. Um, but this is why I use rep- reparations or asking for tangibles as the litmus test. Like with anybody else, the far left, they use the $15 hour minimum wage or the Medicare for all as a litmus test for their politicians. Right. If you can't get a board with that, then it's like, you know, you're not real. You don't really mean what you say. So that's how we are for the pro immigration crowd. Theirs is open borders or taking down, uh, uh, what is ice? You know, right. we need to get rid of ice. Right. So the black community needs to say, where's the tangibles? <laughs> and we measure people by that, by their reaction to that. Yeah. And if you're not even like with Bernie Sanders, if you're not even willing to entertain it, then no, you can't have, you can't have our vote. Uh, if you're not willing to put something on the table with that said, Ta-Nehisi Coates, who is a major uh, proponent for uh, reparations, picked up on the same thing I did. And this is still back in 2016 election. This, we haven't got to 2020 yet. But let's listen to Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, on Bernie Sanders. I spoke with Ta-Nehisi Coates, national correspondent of The Atlantic, and author of the award-winning book Between the World and Me, and I asked him why he felt moved to write the Sanders piece. Well, I simply didn't understand his answer. I mean, uh, to, to be blunt, uh, the senator, you know, whose campaign I respect, who, who I respect, who I've considered very, very courageous, who uh, some people in my household that are a lot younger than me actually support and have been very vocal about supporting, I think has inspired quite a, you know, quite, quite a number of people uh, with his willingness to put solutions on the table that, you know, a lot of folks consider outside of the politically doable. And so then to see him dismiss reparations uh, simply because, you know, it, it, uh, it, it is not politically doable in, uh, in his opinion, just, it just felt completely off. It felt out of tune with the entire, you know, spirit of his campaign. You know, he mentioned that the chances for getting reparations through Congress are nil. Uh, in fact, the senator advocates several things, you know, uh, whose chances in Congress are also nil. Well, that's kind of a, I guess Bernie gave up. Not going to happen. Can't do it. Or if you're going to take just my narrative, just my theory. Yeah. If you control opposition, it's like, Bernie, whatever you do, <laughs> don't entertain <laughs> do, reparations. nay on the reparations, Ray. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Because if he entertains that. I like it. I like and it. And he's seen as a radical. Yeah. Then you might have pick yeah. up steam behind him. We're still in oh, we're still in sixteen here. Yeah, we're not even in twenty. I'm liking so this. I'm, I'm liking this yeah. theory. This is a good one. This is a good one. <laughs> so, uh, Chris Hayes is going to chime in. He's going to play uh, devil's advocate uh, against uh, Tanahisi. But isn't and I'm, I'm going to just basically adopt a pose of devil's advocate for the moment, um, since we don't have the Sanders people here and they never sure. responded. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, isn't one thing I would say is the elephant in the room here, obviously, is that the Democratic Party right now is a multiracial coalition, but it's a multiracial coalition uh, that is capable of snapping in the sense that uh, a calculation is made that reparations would essentially be um, so anathema to a consider number of Democratic white voters, particularly Democratic white and Latino voters, I think non-black voters, that it just would it would just blow up even what might ultimately end up as a protest candidacy. Okay, so then why not respond and say that? Why not say that? (laughs) 
Oh, <laughs> whoops. The black. Yeah, the black people start asking for something, and we just might have the whole party snap. This is a problem. You, you are you here? Are you hearing this? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and we're not talking about the far right here. No, we're talking about Democratic voters of white and 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 Latino persuasion. They just can't swallow black people getting reparations. That would just blow the whole thing up. Everyone will get pissed this off. This is what Chris Hayes said. There'll yeah. be some king kung so, fu fighting. Right. So my thing is this. Everybody asks me, well, Mo, why are you so hard on the Democrats for? Because we have the most power over them. We will snap your whole little shred if you don't play along. <laughs> Wait, do I, hear, be, do I hear an angry black man on the podcast? <laughs> you, you might just hear. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm letting people know. I'm not angry. I'm just letting people know that this is why we're doing what we're doing. We're not. It's not lost on us, the, the power that we have over the Democratic Party. No. You're going to build, bend to our will or snap. Which one is it? I mean, I'm okay. You could lose 2020, 2024, 2028. <laughs> I mean, till you get your... <laughs> How does this sound, Democrats? Ivanka Trump as president. <laughs> I, look, <laughs> the negative vote does not... <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't resist. <laughs> John, Don Jr., uh, I mean, let's lock them all up. And then we can bring our husband back around. There I mean, you go. Uh, I mean... <laughs> It doesn't matter to me because the reason why I say that is if it doesn't matter to you that you know we're owed. Now, you can ask any uh, Democratic uh, supporter and, and most will say, yeah, you know, slavery was a bad thing. You know, I think we should do something about it. But then you say, OK, what what how, what size is that check do you need to write? Well, now you're getting a little crazy. We need a committee. We need check. a committee to look at it and to, to discuss right, we need it a committee first. to think about writing a check. Yeah. Not the amount that's going to go on the check, but even writing a check. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that was a beautiful uh, <laughs> alley there. And I'm going to oop it on home with the Breakfast Club. Uh, Bernie Sanders won. Now, why does it seem like this week you've been kind of dodging the reparations question? The Senator Harris and Senator Warren have both kind of spoken out and said that they agree with some form of reparations. Well, what the question is, what do we, I'm not dodging the question, the mm-hmm. question is, what do we mean by reparations? I mean, it, it, it seems to me a lot of people mean a lot of different things. Uh, to my mind, it means that we have to deal with the fact that there is enormous disparity uh, between the black community and the white community. And that issue has got to be addressed. And I've indicated to you some of the ways that I think it should be addressed. Well, I think they mean uh, some type of economic empowerment to the African descendants of slaves. But what does that mean, economic empowerment? (laughs) I just talked about the fact that I would do my best to change the banking system to make sure that we end racism, that we pay attention to distressed communities, that people get the loans they need to make the investments they need. What about straight cash payouts? No. (laughs) If only we had known... We just have to talk to the banks. They're responsible for racism. Thank you, Bernie. Now I understand. And I, I want to say something. Now, we made the jump from the Tana Hesey Coats. That was 2016. This last clip was this in is... the 2020 round. Okay. And he still, no. No. It's amazing how sharp his no is when he talks about writing that check. But it's also, not, it, because it, most time politicians, but, but he, you know, they massage an answer. I was going to say, it shows me that either he completely understands, as you point out with your theory, mm-hmm. that that is a non-starter and as controlled opposition, he is not to do that. Or he's completely oblivious, has no idea what, what the importance of uh, a number, a payout would be. His whole question, what does that mean? Uh, uh, what, what? You're confused? I don't understand what... Yeah. 
with any other group of people, if he's talking to the unions, politics boil down to money <laughs> at the end of the day. Yes, sir. Yeah. How much money can we uh, secure for ourselves? Now, when it comes to black people, he's like, oh, what, what, what does that mean? You know, I mean, ain't, ain't talking going to be enough? Uh, you know, it's... <laughs> Now, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little animated today because just a tad, yeah. You can't, you can't be that dumb. You can't be that dumb that you don't know what reparation means. I mean, it's not if you're running as a Democrat and you want the black vote. You at least waffle. He could have waffled around it. He's right, politicians waffles all the time. Like, well, yeah. we have to it's see. A, that's you know, a good catch, uh, Mo. We have to see I the like climate that. and. You know, Right. It's, no, his his nose in 2015 and or 16 an election was hard. No. 2020, uh, uh, Charlemagne the uh, God asks him some direct question. He plays this dumb role. I don't know. What does that mean? I, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, he would have known long by now that that was not the right answer. Not if you want to win. If you wanted to win, you go, you go back in 2016. Like, how do I come over to answer for this reparations question? Right. That would be, that would have been one of your because if you want to win you I, I got to get the black vote and you know even in sixteen reparations was picking up same then and it's nowhere near like it is now. Are you going uh, to introduce us to the to the man behind the curtain that's controlling Bernie Sanders or are you just going to keep me hanging? <laughs> well, we had to wait and see, Adam. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Let me put my uh, make sure the glasses are on. Okay. Yeah, but I will say this now, Charlemagne's point of view or why he's asking this question is not coming from a uh, genuine place because we know his dog in the fight at this time was Kamala Harris right so it was let's get Bernie into a corner uh, that Kamala Harris has already addressed but so did, I'm, did, it's not but, lost to me did. but wait 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 what did what did Kamala do did I, I can't recall if she had any uh, reparations plans do you you said well HR 40 HR forty was oh, the silver right. bullet. Right, right, right. That yeah, that yeah. Was, that was the let's go hang out and talk about it. Right, and, and all the Democratic uh, uh, nominees supported HR forty except one. Could you guess who that one is? All of them, but one. Bernie Sanders, yeah. by any chance? <laughs> Joe Biden, the one. That actually oh, Joe Biden, <laughs> really? No way. <laughs> That's How you crazy. like that? It's like, That's you know, crazy. Can't have any of that pro, uh, pro reparations talk? But um, Bernie Sanders continues on with the Breakfast Club in part two. How much you want, Sean? You agree with that? <laughs> Why don't you agree with that? Well, like, first of all, uh, you mean just a check to every African-American? Yes. Well, then it's a check to every Native American. Oh, uh, brother. They wiped out when the settlers first came here. I think the way we go forward is to build America together. There are distressed communities, white communities. There are distressed Latino communities right now. What you have is a government owned and controlled by big money interest who worries about Wall Street and the drug companies. We're going to change that. And we're going to pay attention to the needs of working families and low-income families uh, in this country in a way that you have never seen. But this government has also systemically oppressed us in a way that they haven't oppressed other other communities. Through slavery, through segregation, now mass incarceration. And I think it should be something done specifically for African Americans. I, uh, I enjoyed... Bernie's initial uh, answer there. Well, well, about the uh, about the uh, Native Americans. Native Americans. Well, Bernie, uh, yeah, but there's been a lot of work has been done with the Native Americans. But what, what's the we not see, posi- see those By the way, not. I, I be careful what you wish for, Mister Mo. 
Because you see what the Native Americans got. They got their reparations. Now they all got casinos and they're alcoholics. That's a generalization, but... No, that's true. That's true, but let us let us deal with that problem. Let us deal with that when we cross that bridge. Right. You know, that, that's the thing is that he acts like they haven't got anything. Or this is thing, well, what, what, what about it? And we have to give it to this group. But I didn't hear any of this talk when they start talking about gay reparations. Or, you know, or when AOC recently came out and said about uh, reparations to... Uh, people of color aka colored people there was none of this pushback then but it's like when you talk about specifically for black people no yeah. that can't he, it's a hard no and it's they play dumb and they don't understand and i i call bs because bernie sanders has been around the black community let him tell it in the civil rights movement 60s correct yeah so he has to be aware of some of the black socialist um figures and this is the part of the show that we always have to go back to get you know saying to get full context of socialism in black people yes and with that said i want to listen to uh w.e.b du bois speak on uh socialism and the american negro ladies and gentlemen socialism and the american negro democracy has so disappeared in the united states that there are some subjects that cannot even be discussed. The essence of the democratic process is free discussion. There was a time when men were not allowed to talk about universal suffrage, or the education of women, or freedom for Negro slaves. Today, communism is the dirty word, and socialism is suspect. So socialism is nothing new in the black community. Neither is communism. And we're going to have a full show on that at one day. But that's a that's a big thing to get your arms around uh, just fully. But we're just going to nibble at the edges today. If you are a student of the black movement, as he says he is, you're aware with W.E.B. Du Bois. Of course. Uh, you're aware with um, how black people have viewed socialism. So all you have to do is, you know, Listen to the understand the forefathers of you know of this movement of the civil rights movement, which was a socialist at best, arguably a communist movement. Uh, we've laid it out in previous shows the connections. Uh, but with that said, um, let's just listen to W. E. B. Du Bois continue on um, with clip two. In this state, and in our time occurred one of the worst blows to the democratic process which our nation has suffered. Senator McCarthy succeeded in making America afraid to discuss socialism or to recognize communism as aught but a conspiracy. And this in the state of Robert La Follette. I knew La Follette and his valiant wife. I voted for him for president in 1924. And I saw him give his life fighting monopolized wealth and asking world peace. My own work at the time was trying to secure freedom and equality for American Negroes. For a quarter of a century, I edited the little monthly magazine, The Crisis. And despite opposition, I spoke plainly. I was criticized as being bitter, as seeking not simply political, but social equality for Negroes for favoring the teachings of Karl Marx 
and for joining the Socialist Party. These accusations were true. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know so that. So when you have a Ho- when you have Hoover, which is a uh, uh, quote unquote black man, we we covered that too. <laughs> Not even quote unquote. They, he's passable. Right, he's passable. I mean, black by the one drop uh, criteria. Mm. He, he's he's a black man. Uh, when he comes after these people on the uh, under the guise of communism. There is some validity there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so absolutely. We, we can't we can't play this game. I'm just saying. I'm just going to show you that if uh, Bernie Sanders is the socialist, socialist dude, socialist, and, and a student uh, or of the Black uh, Civil Rights Movement, he should know these things. And if he didn't know that, maybe that's a little too out there for him. Maybe he should know about MLK's uh, view on reparation. At the very same time that America refused to give the Negro any land, through an act of Congress, our government was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that it was willing to undergird its white peasants from Europe with an economic floor. But not only did they give the land, they built land-grant colleges with government money to teach them how to farm. Not only that, they provided county agents to further their expertise in farming. Not only that, they provided low interest rates in order that they could mechanize their farms. Not only that, today many of these people are receiving millions of dollars in federal subsidies not to farm, and they are the very people telling the black man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. This is what we are faced with, and this is a reality. Now, when we come to Washington, in this campaign, we are coming to get our check. You know, that's interesting. You would think that a pure socialist would have understood how to use socialism, certainly with iconic figures like this, to use that to his advantage with the with the the so-called black community. Yeah, but he didn't, and that's what makes. I got you. I got you. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> what you are doing here is you're laying out every single reason why Bernie Sanders actually just was not trying to win. And he had all the tools in his tool belt to win. I mean, including and, socialism, the number, the and, biggest hammer you got, and included MLK, which is the biggest tool in the black toolbox. Yeah. I mean, because all he had to say was, uh, uh, to the to the establishment Democrats, oh, MLK, like MLK, MLK like socialism. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, he said he all he had to do is set him up right first. I mean, and and people you you could play at home with this with your with your friends like. Yeah, you do support MLK right now. Oh, yeah, we love Dr. King. Oh, we love him. Uh, you know, uh, he was uh, he was pro reparations, right? And then just watch your mouth fall open, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but just 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 try it and see how it works. Yeah, out it's, for the, you. it's the Mo Facts with Adam Curry at home game. Have have fun with it. <laughs> and let us know how. Let us know, let us know how, how it works out. Some yeah, feedback how, how, how that, that work goes. out. <laughs> All right, so, and one of the giants on the, and this is more 
far left uh, communist icons was one Mr. Paul Robeson. Now, just a little background on Paul Robeson before we get into the clip. He is a, and I should know this by heart, inside joke. Uh, <laughs> he was a um, a American bass baritone. Uh, he was a film actor, music, a recording artist, uh, but he was also known for his political activism. Uh, so much so that he got himself in some trouble his sympathies for the Soviet Union and for communism. Uh, his criticism of the United States government and foreign policy caused him to be blacklisted or whiteballed um, <laughs> on this show uh, <laughs> uh, during the McCarthy era. So, All right, right. Yeah, so with that said, let's listen to Mr. Paul Robeson speak on uh, the black experience uh, in America. Uh, how is it that, that the American Negro, who for so long has been a second-class citizen in yeah, the United still States... Still is, I'm sorry. Uh, well, how, long, how is it that he's contributed so much to American <clears throat> culture? Well... Music, dance, yeah. everything you can think well, of. Well, but to come back to it, so I would say the Africans and the American Negroes have turned out to be an extraordinarily gifted people. The great tragedy is that by not making us full-class citizens as yet in America, they may be losing, I don't know how much yet, and to come back, I would say that unquestionably, I am an American, born there, uh, my father slave there, upon the backs of my people was developed the primary wealth of America, mm. the primary wealth. You have to have accumulated wealth to start, you know, to build. Mm. You did it another way here in Australia, you, you know, you had to build your accumulated wealth too. Mm. You just came and took it, you know what I mean? And that's what they did in most of the countries. That's what you West, that's what you Europeans did, you just took it. We got to catch up with you a little bit. That's so in America. So there's a lot of America that belongs to me yet, you understand? Mm. Wow, this is really an interesting guy you've introduced me to, uh, Mo. I, I I don't think I was familiar with Paul Robeson. Oh, very interesting. Uh, I mean, he was an NFL player as well as an actor uh, mm-hmm. and, and an activist. Uh, he spoke singer. Uh, m- multiple I mean, languages. Singer. Yeah, yeah, he spoke multiple languages, including Swahili. Holy crap. With, interesting. With saying that, Bernie Sanders, he has to be on Bernie Sanders' radar. I mean, he he was an out-and-out communist. Yeah. I'm like, hardcore. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a student of the, what your so-called beliefs are, socialism, and that that line blurs with communism so at some point, uh, it's not clear where the one begins and one ends, you should be aware of what Paul Robeson and the things that he uh, described in this, in this clip here of, of, let me be clear, let me say this for the new listeners. Reparations is not a handout. It is not a handout. It is money paid for services rendered. Uh, if you uh, espouse, I mean, if you believe in the in the uh, African American slavery narrative, a reason why I say narrative because we talked about before how that's been played up as well as a mind control mechanism, but just the facts of you have people working without being paid. That helped America get off to a great start. And that's what Paul Robeson uh, laid out there with free labor. So with that said, how, how not, why does he keep saying a hard no if, you, if you're truly a socialist? I, I can't. There's I, only one. I, 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 I'm, again, it comes back to he didn't want to win. 
And all you have to do to not win is not satisfy the so-called black voting bloc. That's all you need to do. Then, In fact, that's probably why a Democrat will not win at all from the likes of it. And from what I and only because I've been, you know, been doing the show with you do I think that. Cuz you know, you're in yeah, the middle of we, it. Yeah, cuz we know the numbers, like I said, just run the numbers down to people. In 2012, they had 63% voter turnout and they won. It dropped down to 57 and in 2016 they lost. And I think is if I was a betting man, I would say it's going to come in around 50 or below. Wow. And this one Wow. Because people are, one, the boogeyman is not as bad as they said he was going to be. Two, people are disenchanted. Three, I'm going to say this, these Trump stimulus checks are coming at the right time. Ah. Yeah. That's going to play a major role as well. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this does, this does, uh, this does help. That's and for that's, sure. That's not only with the black, I mean, with the black community, because when you give people twelve hundred dollars, yeah, you know, yes, attention is yeah. paid. And from what I understand, if it's really true, there's no denial that on uh, the physical checks for a lot of the unbanked mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of poor people have no bank, uh, they'll get a check that actually says uh, uh, coronavirus stimulus, and it'll have the president's name on it just to remind you where the money came from people just so you know that's that guy that guy See that a, little, guy? a that, little branding a little that, branding that's there. the guy you want to vote for smart yeah <laughs> which that's how politics works uh, it's not emotional i keep saying it's transactional yeah now one thing that wasn't wait, wait, say, say, say that again it. make sure people hear yes. what you just said about politics yeah it's not emotional it's transactional boom that's it that's what people got to remember it's, that's all it is. Uh, and that's why I can laugh about these things and, you know, um, not be caught up by the propaganda because I look at it with what I stand to gain. If it doesn't make sense, you know what I'm saying? If it, what do they say? If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. That's right. <laughs> that's where we're at. But one thing that wasn't lost on Bernie Sanders is him employing celebrities himself to, to, help him with this charade of a campaign. Yeah, the so-called surrogates who go out and also do interviews and promote his message. Right, and one of those being Mr. Killer Mike, uh, and he's a rapper. Uh, he's from the South, which I think that was a smart move, if you're trying to make it look good. Uh, but let's just listen to Killer Mike support um, Bernie Sanders on CNN. I think that like the America that dared to stop being colonies and become a country, we need to do the most radical and progressive calls that we can. We need to be radical and progressive in our policy, and we need to not trust um, in this moment fear. We need to not trust saying, let's play it safe. I think we need to play the radical idea that formed America. We need to do that right now and push radical policy. I think that universal health care is doable. I think that wiping away student loans so the next 20 years of students' lives can be invested in making a better America, not just paying back debt, is good. I think trade school is good. I think ending the school-to-prison pipeline is good. And we have to think that radically in order to come to the solutions that we need as a country to progress. So it explains a lot why you are backing the candidate who is, you know, the revolutionist of sorts, and he's talked about a political revolution. (laughs) Huh, what was missing from that <laughs> list of radical ideas? Hmm. 
We're gonna get rid of uh we're gonna universal health care check. Yeah. Uh student loan debt. Yeah, check. Check. Got that. Uh trade schools check. <laughs> and and as Killer Mike said, he said that we need now is not the time for fear. No. Now it's time, you know, we have and and this evening CNN lady was Oh, he's a revolutionist. <laughs> That's the best part. This this was an interview from this this round from the twenty twenty. No, this election? is for two. No, he's been with him for two thousand sixteen. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, wow. Yes, he's oh. been with him for two thousand six. This is from the first round huh. of things, and you would think that if you if you're his uh, go to uh, black uh, <laughs> uh, confidant or you know a surrogate, he, you, like you would say, "Hey, Bernie, hey, you you got to get a better answer." Then no on reparations. <laughs> Waffle a bit, man. Bake some pancakes. Him, yeah. <laughs> but what the beauty of it was, Mr. Killer Mike sat down and talked to Tone Talks. Anthony Let me make this clear. From the ADOS group, not the ADOS lineage. And we have to draw that. When we talk about ADOS, we have to make sure we... Um, Separate we say the two eight, because eight, ADOS, ADOS the, the human beings versus ADOS the political movement, right? Because the political movement even, even did some funny business yep. with the down ballot v- v- thing. And like I said, if we're going to apply this litmus test and no tangibles, no vote, they they stepped on line and got out of pocket. But this is before they got out of pocket. This is uh, I think right before HR forty uh, hearing kicked off. Tone talks and killer Mike sit down and talk about the 2020 election well this this is this is part of i think what's going on and and this is my pushback to hr 40 when you actually read the bill i believe that it's very basic and bland to be so have been here so long um i think that if it doesn't have an apology and a range of of at least we know it's going to be multiple trillions of dollars Right now, my problem with whether it be Sanders, Harris, whoever, I believe that they're supporting HR 40 to avoid reparations, not to support it. That's yeah. my, oh, I, I, my my oh. thing is, I just think that I think without it, this country like I just know this country, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I think without it and, and my thing is it doesn't have to go as you know, you can amend it. You could beef it up. You could make it better. You could take the meat of it and add some add some seasoning. I just think without it, nothing ever happens. What the- that's bullcrap. HR forty can't add some sauce to it. Oh, just amend it. No. Yeah. <laughs> that was, and I put HR forty in the show notes. If you go to archive.mofax.com, you can find all our show notes. Uh, that's that horse crap. Just amend it. No, the whole. Let me give a. <laughs> that's let me give nuts. a little context to that. Now we heard Bernie Sanders say in 2016 and 2020, no, right. on giving checks. Right. 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 But when HR 40 came around, he signed on to it. And that was the conversation on should we issue checks or not? Not not the not if uh what the size of the check needs to be or how the check is gonna be, you know, uh, spent, but it was whether we should have it or not. And he was using that as political uh shelter. Cause he could easily slide up on the HR forty and be like, oh yeah, 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 I'm for reparations now. Even though you said twice out of your mouth on platforms, even while being uh, prodded, no, no, he keeps saying no. This is where Killer Mike is is disingenuous because. I, yeah, I was, I was just ahead. I was just going to read the uh, HR forty. Uh, just mm-hmm. read the preamble so you know what this actually was about. Uh, so I'll read the legalese, but it's English. 
to address the fundamental injustice, cruelty, brutality, and inhumanity of slavery in the United States and the 13 American colonies between 1619 and 1865, and to establish a commission to study and consider a national apology and proposal for reparations for institution of slavery, its subsequent de jure and de facto racial and economic discrimination against African Americans, and the impact of these forces on living African Americans, to make recommendations to the Congress on appropriate remedies and for other purposes. Did anything... Anything ever come out of this? Did this thing pass, by the way? I don't even know. Did a it? bunch of blah, blah, it blah, It never passed, blah, blah. right? It never passed. We just had a lot of talk about it. It never even just, got out yeah. of the committee, really. A lot of talk. But now, Jeez. look at that in the light of the, four, was it $2 trillion they just coughed over? Coughed up for the- uh, Yeah, 2.2. Uh, yeah, for everything yeah, altogether. I, yeah. I, don't, I, I didn't see a panel being called for that. I didn't see, you know, we, we need to sit down and look at, you know, uh, uh, see the, the test. We need to test to see, you know, how. No, they just went in there. They wrote the they wrote the uh, check and then it was done. But, like, well, he, now. He, here's what I will say about this. The way this was done. And I think I think we all understand that, you know, uh, getting pandemic stimulus money, maybe not the best time to say. And oh, by the way, let's cut a check for uh, reparations. Mm-hmm. Uh, however. The mechanism by which it was done through this new immunized money, which is a way of, as I understand it, creating money that doesn't, that is not inflationary. So it, it doesn't inflate our money supply. And, and by the way, if you believe that, I got some great swamp land in, in Florida, but let's just leave it to the bankers. They figured out how to make it not inflationary. It's been explained to me by the same bankers who do this stuff. Mm-hmm. So cutting another trillion dollar check will, in effect, be very easy, very very easy. So if the political will is there, it's really not a problem to do it. So that's and, and what, that's part of the battle because we now have seen the mechanism. We know how it's done. We know how to do more of it. We'll certainly be doing more of it for the for the country as a whole moving forward. No doubt about it. But that's what's cool about it: immunize money. You could create a trillion dollar, it's probably not enough, but a trillion dollar reparations check if you want. It's symbolic. It's symbolic. Yeah. Like I always say that the trillion dollar number is more symbolic because it's like when you throw a trillion on something, it shows you seriousness behind it. Yeah. Uh, So what this does is it shows the ease that you can get a trillion dollar bill. Like you said, you can create money out of thin air if you really want to create it. Oh, yeah. So now they can't double back around and give us this bull crap of, you know, this is just so hard. <laughs> no, that, uh, that no. part is now gone. That, is, that excuse is not going to work. And this is similar. I keep saying to Obama when he got in the office. Now it's like we got our guy in there. Yeah. Why, why are we not seeing movement? Now it's a similar case. We've, we've seen you cough up two trillion dollars over a, a weak conversation. Not weak as in uh, e, uh, EA, but e, uh, EE. Mm-hmm. Over a week's time, mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, you, 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 y'all talked for a week. It came back with two point two trillion dollars, like it wasn't nothing. So now I don't, we don't want to hear this anymore. Uh, but before we get into any more money talk, I think this would be a good time to uh, thank the people that keep us going, Adam. Ain't that the truth? God, it's you. 
can do what the Lord wants you to do. Like those of you who realize that that the Lord wants you to give generously into his church. Amen. Don't ask no questions. Don't ask how come uh, 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 why come the pastor have to have him a nice house? Uh, uh, why come the uh, uh, pastor got to have a nice car? Uh, don't ask. I said don't ask. I said don't ask. No questions. Just give the money. Yeah, every week we have another fun way of letting you know we need your money. Good one, Mo. <laughs> another fantastic one. Yeah, Mo Facts with Adam Curry. It is a value for value show, and how that works is incredibly simple. After listening to the program, uh, did you like it? Did you get any value out of it? Uh, valuable information, insight, historical knowledge, uh, just something to talk about at the water cooler? If you did, all we ask is for you to translate into whatever you value that as and send it to us, mofax.com, M-O-E-F-A-C-T-Z.com. Or if you want to go directly to our donation page, which helps a lot, it's mofundme.com, M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com. And we have, this is two weeks, of course, so we're very appreciative of people who have been helping us out. And some are taking some extra initiatives, such as our uh, top Supporter for uh, this week, Fernando de los Reyes, who says, I like the idea of a five week, $5 per week subscription. Also, the idea of $10 for each episode you've made so far. He says, these are great evergreens. Keep up the great work. It's a public service. Have a wonderful Easter. See you next year. And donated $333.33. Thank you so much, Fernando. Executive for show producer, 33. For show 33. Does it get any better than that? Uh, Harvey Smith who says, uh, this is Mo Stimulus, $120. Thank you, Harvey. Uh, Harvey will be uh, one of our associate executive producers, along with James Lohman. Uh, $111.11. Loving the numerology, guys. I'm just a regular person of color, or a colored person, who has recently abandoned his whiteness. <laughs> what you guys, well, I don't know what that means. What you guys are doing is great. The new king has been crowned coronavirus thanks for the pod sibo effect <laughs> while i drive I like that along one. that's a good one while i drive along delivering pigs to various corporate butcher shops very cool what does this mean he abandoned i'm a regular person of color who has recently abandoned his whiteness translate mo i guess he's talking about proximity to whiteness i i that was my guess yeah let us know james interesting Please, donation we, need more details. we do we do <laughs> Uh, we thank Daniel uh, Mariano, who gave us $100. Thank you for all you do, gentlemen. His note. Thank you very much, Daniel. Connor Lawrence says, amazing show last week, gents. Maybe the best one yet. That would have been episode 32. All I want to ask uh, this time is just this. Who, uh, oh, who are your Mount Rushmore of MCs or hip-hop groups? <laughs> and he's giving his... Which is ah. Dylan, 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 and Dylan because he spits hot fire. At any rate, I hope, I hope you all stay safe out there and stay sane. Can I request your strongest woo sign for my girlfriend, Elisa? Uh, one of her clients has the Rona. Don't believe the hype, gents, and keep fighting the powers that be. Yeah, we got a woosa for you. Eh. Where's our Wusa? We had the Wusa. Oh, here it is. Wusa. 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 
Woosa. Woosa. <laughs> and that's $53.13 from uh, Connor. Thank you very much. I don't know. Uh, Mo, do you have a, a top five of your... Uh, of your favorites, you're also a musician, of course. So uh, maybe a tough question. Not, not, not in this order. And, um, uh, Tupac, Biggie, Andre, three thousand, and I got to throw Jay Z in there. All right, or Nas, a Nas. Nice. Do four. All okay. right. I, uh, I I can never answer that question. <laughs> I really can't. I don't know. Uh, I, I know say, when they just say Dylon five times, I, just say Dylon, 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 and Dylon. <laughs> Fifty dollars from Judy Schwartz. Uh, this was for the Nocebo show. You know you can get out of the pool, right? A new Mo <laughs> meme was created. Give us a little Mo Karma. Love y'all. Well, here's Woosa. our here's our Woosa. 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 There's your woosa. That's right. You know you can get out of the pool, right? That was a classic, indeed. $50 from Rent-A-Video. Last night, says Rent-A-Video, I was in a dark place with all this hysteria. After listening to the podcast because I couldn't sleep, it brought me hope and a light at the end of the tunnel. For that alone, I needed to donate. Thank you, guys, and thank you, Rent-A-Video. That's uh, very much appreciated. Uh, Moose with uh, double zeros. Uh, he is, uh, we know him from noagendasocial.com. He sent in $33.66, a nice uh, single and double 33. Awesome work on sh- on the show. Love what it is, has become, and where it's going. Just drop thirty three sixty six in your PayPal for valuable services rendered. Uh, that One World Illuminati logo was pretty was a pretty good catch, the symbolism. Yes, white on black, white hands coming together to build the home, and a red eye. Yes, this is actually ongoing right now. Tonight we have the, uh, the live stream is taking place of that uh, Global World Health Organization, Global Citizen Concert. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be aired tonight uh, around, I think, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, Moose goes on, I see it as an angry admonition by the old guard Illuminati types towards the new with a little bit of rebranding thrown in, in that, uh, hey, you, homes, lives are in our hands. That's that's a good point. Hey, we've got your house (laughs) in our hands. We control you. Mind blown. Thank you for your courage, says Moose. P.S. I took this theme and made it a no agenda show art submission. Thanks to you. Fingers crossed it gets picked. Uh, I think we did pick it, actually. How about he that? covers that in the next uh, donation. Well, here we go. Moose again. Of course, this is from two weeks. I was yes. fortunate enough to succeed in a two for today, both a stream and cover art pick for No Agenda. And so I felt compelled to share my appreciation for MoFax as well as the value it brings me. Therefore, I have sent an additional 3366 so that you two have gotten a twofer. Strange how compelled I felt to generate a piece of art to counteract that most nefarious piece of art you recently referred to ethereal enlightened hands encompassing our homes and evil red eyes staring into our homes yes it was my hope to counteract that spell by releasing a modified version to vaccinate minds from deleterious effects that could befall my brethren thankfully it was chosen twice to represent no agenda my hats off to you kind sir for bringing that bit of spellbinding propaganda to my attention well there you go not only did he support us uh, on the show but also help to uh, inoculate people from this evil symbolism thank you moose 33 33 that was pretty cool no it's fantastic 
3333 from Torben Peterson, uh, Jennifer Buchanan, who is the art director of No Agenda and the animated No Agenda art studios, which is, if you haven't seen it, an animated No Agenda on YouTube is uh, something of beauty to behold. And she says, thank you for your courage. All jitty about episode 33. Hope you and yours are holding up. We're fine here. Mo, I hadn't asked you even. Your kids, wife, everyone good? And they're at the, the facts Everybody, house. Everybody's home? good. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's been um, healthy. Uh, God good. bless. That's but, good. Good, yeah. good, good. Uh, then we have another 3333 from James W. Gilkison. I really found the Nocebo show to be insightful. Thanks for all you do to inform us. Robert Case, 3174, casting positivity to y'all, Mo and Adam. Thank you. Thank you. John Harvey III says, you deserve much more than the $25 in giving, but I give what I can with my work down 90% due to COVID. And we appreciate it, John. No kidding. John Taylor. Hey, can 20- we get him a woosah for that? Not even. Give, yeah, give him a woosah. You betcha. Woosah. Woosah. John Taylor nice. sent us $25. Thank you, John. A trusted influencer. $23.33. Love the show. Making the world a better place. G. McDonald says, Great show. Value for value. I'm downloading them all and listening. $18.92. $15 from Susan Tillett. Uh, also $15 from Eric Booth. Uh, $12.90. I have nothing there. Maybe that's that anonymous or is that a just magic? Yeah, it, it just can't. <laughs> it's a magic, it came magic in. Don- we need more magic donations to just show up. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, $11.11 for good luck, says Ken. Elvis Rosenberg sent us $10. It's appreciated, Elvis. Thank you. Shazier. Uh, says, listening to BIE Bay. Thanks, Mo. <laughs> Gregory Seymour, $10. Says, uh, this is to help you ward. Uh, thanks for warding off the Rona. Then we have Noah Elnigdi, $8.88. Lucky eights. This is Brother No Is. This is Brother No Is. Love the show, guys. Just found it and listening to my first episode, your last episode, and I simply want to add to the nocebo convo about two old and known phrases. One from a local witch who always said, words are spells, use them well. And then, he says, to my knowledge, 90s hip-hop culture, word is born or word is bond, all describing the same power of words and intentions. This is old knowledge and the media, top state, knows exactly what they are doing. Love you guys. And he says woo which woo-sa. I mean, guess he wants a woo-sa. Woo-sa. Yeah, and I'm on top of that. I agree. And, and there's a great book called Change Your Words, Change Your World. It's mm-hmm. worth a read to show you the power of words, your own in this case. Uh, we thank Patrick uh, Stasiak for $8.33. He says, uh, every episode is educational and inspirational. Thank you. James Holly, $5, says, great stuff, Mo. No agenda brought me here, but your content is keeping me. Love hearing that. Mika Perez, $5 from Mika. Thank you. Cortland Richardson, thank you for what you do. I look up to you for courage and information. Stay strong, friends. Black dude named Ben from Seattle. All right, black dude named Ben. Anonymous sent us $3.33. Great podcast you and Adam are doing, Mo. Enjoyed the show. Here's a little something. Wish I could afford more to help support you guys. That's okay. It's value for value. We love this. Leanne Parker, $3 from Leanne. Love the show. We'll send more. I know it isn't much, but wanted to send something in appreciation, and it's noted and appreciated, as well as Joris Helvech, who I believe is from the Netherlands. 
$2.10 for him. And that wraps up a nice list of donations, support from our producers, because that's what you are. Uh, we have our executive producer, Fernando, and then we have one, two, three, four. I think we have uh, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six executive producers. Those will be listed in the show notes at mofax.com. We really appreciate it. This is the only way we can keep this going. And listen to Mo. He sounds great. That setup, you helped produce that. His new mic, the USB thing, everything else. And that's exactly how we all grow together. Again, to support us, mofax.com, uh, or go directly to our support page at uh, mofundme.com, M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com. And Adam, can I ask for one thing before we continue on? Yeah. And it's a little bit on the fly. Sure. But I have a cut the check ISO with a little karma for everybody out there that's experiencing a little uh, financial tightness right now. Okay, here we go. In this world, without somebody giving them their daily bread... I'm telling you all, damn that, cut the check. <laughs> yes. All right, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. So we get so we get back in the saddle. Um, and as I've mentioned before, Bernie Sanders, he had this weird uh, support from rappers. Yes. Uh, we saw Killer Mike. Um yeah. Cardi B was one of his most, uh, one of his biggest supporters, and uh, a rapper or not, uh, she she um, came out and embraced him, and he uh, reciprocated with uh, entertaining her um, conversation. Yep. But on one of the podcasts that I listened to, uh, Talib Kweli had uh, Philip Agnew on his show, mm-hmm. and just a little background on Philip Agnew. Uh, he is from the Dream Defenders, and the Dream Defenders is an American activist group aimed at ending police and prisons. P- ending police and prisons. I don't know how you how that works. Ending prisons, but uh, as a part of their policy, is geared towards people of color, aka color people, uh, <laughs> who share the goal of multiracial orga- organizing. Uh, among other goals, they espouse the end of prison to school pipeline, et cetera, et cetera. So just to give you an idea, um, one is a rapper and one, another is an activist in this conversation. The rapper is going to do the majority of the talking. And God, over this next three clips, just let people know, this is actually a question, a three-minute question. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get into uh, number 28, uh, Talib and Philip Agnew. No doubt. Um, <laughs> so, But here's the thing. So one more, one more, one more brain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernie Sanders went on a morning show program in the top of 2019 and they asked him about reparations. Yeah. And he was like, well, what is what does that really mean? What are we really talking about? Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, in the opinion of a lot of people who have been pro reparation for a long time, he flubbed that one. Mm-hmm. And that was an answer that just he could have did better at. And I personally feel like he should have been more informed about that situation. Since then, um, he has become a co-sponsor on H.R. 40. Right. H.R. 40 is a pro-reparations bill. Mm-hmm. There's a movement called ADOS mm-hmm. that's been very critical of the H.R. 40 bill. I have famously been very critical of ADOS. Right. I'm not a fan. Right. Um, I feel like they're an anti-immigrant, anti-black hate cult that's what? working for the GOP. Right. Um, but, you know, I don't want to get into that with you. <laughs> what? <laughs> ADOS is an anti-immigrant, anti-black hate group? Yes, and we we, we heard those talking points from the ADOS versus Foundational Blacks uh, show we had. Now, just a, a little clarity. 
I, me and Mr. Talib have had words via Twitter. Uh, via Twitter. Oh. So I'm just want to for mm. for uh for a, uh just to let everybody know that now he has been very uh dismissive and negative towards the ADOS. Well, all things many, ADOS. Many, a, all, all things, things ADOS. Yeah, it sounds all things like ADOS because he didn't make he didn't make the distinction between. The, the political group and or the, the political group as right. I do. But he also said ADOS, which just make just pisses me off. Cause, right. Because he knows it's ADOS. He knows it's he, ADOS. He had to say that like that. It was a little weird. Very dismissive. And his brother has been spotted in congressional hearings working with one Miss Kamala Harris. <sighs> so there you go. There that and then I, on my YouTube platform, I did a, another show. Uh, I mean, I did an independent show on him uh, and how he was at one time uh, a non-voter. Hmm. But uh, Obama invites him to a uh, gala at the White House and he and signs a picture for his grandma. And oh, now yeah. he's this huge Obama. Uh, may acolyte. I may I point out one more thing? Uh, yes. and this and, and this is part of the MoFax with Adam Curry play along at home game. Uh, so I went to dreamdefenders.org and the way you find out where the money's coming from is you just hit the donate button. And you hit the donate button and it will they have to tell you they have to disclaim somewhere at the bottom in the fine print who the money is going to. I'll give you one guess where the Dream Defenders money is going to. Act Blue? Yes. <laughs> Another 100% Democrat National Committee funded outfit. This is great. And then they're not bashful about it either. That's very interesting. Two people offering uh, support or advice to Bernie Sanders being funneled back to Act Blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's why I love doing the show with you. <laughs> I don't, to be honest with you. Because uh, no no stone is left unturned nope. from, you know, because we come from two different wheelhouses, but we'll get the full picture when we when we're saying when we come together. Uh, but yeah, so you can hear his very dismissive tone. He even wrote a piece, and I don't want to give any light to the piece, but the title of it was ADOS is Trash. Yeah. Oh. So that just lets you know where he's coming from. Uh, but let's listen to this uh, three-minute question that he's asked, <laughs> uh, part two. Mm-hmm. Um, but since you're a Bernie guy, Bernie is one of their main targets. And from what the, the research I've done with ADOS is, on their website, ADOS101.com, they support a HR40. Mm-hmm. It said HR40 must be passed. It was part of their black agenda. Yes, I right? And when Democrats rallied behind HR40, following the lead of Cory Booker, yep. Cory Booker took up that that that, that, that torch, yeah. and he 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 latched on to to HR40, became a co-sponsor. Um, Kamala Harris, which people have problems with, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren, the people mm-hmm. have problems, Tammy Duckworth, mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. basically all the top Democrats running except for Joe Biden. Right. Became co-sponsors of H.R. 40. Right. The moment that happened, the founders of ADOS started speaking bad against H.R. 40. Right. I'm of the opinion that they started speaking bad against H.R. 40 because they work for the GOP and they couldn't be seen agreeing with Democrats on anything. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. That's and just, the question goes on. That's ins- <laughs> but hold on a second. You know, Joe, so he's talking about people who had uh, signed on to support uh hr 40 mm-hmm. 
Um, and I, I, maybe I'm confused, but it sounds like he said, okay, you know, there were politicians, senators, we had a number of them running, who would all sign this. Oh, yeah, and I, I support this. Uh, you know, you can put that in the bill, who was co-signing or co-sponsoring it. Joe Biden has no political standing, so I don't know if they, where would he sign up? You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm not, I'm he, not. Well, but he, 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 he could offer his support for it. But what happened here is this. People are intelligent, intelligent enough to know when things are being used for political coverage. And that's what this H.R. 40 thing was. It was the silver bullet to the reparations problem. Like, OK, OK, you you twisted my arm. I'll sign on to H.R. 40 and people were supposed to stop asking questions. Right. Now, I have to give credit to ADOS, the political group, because they sniffed this out. And it's true that they were in support of H.R. 40 before it became popular. But the Democratic Party realized that, hey, you know what? We could use this H.R. 40 thing as, you know, we really don't have to do anything with it. As you pointed out yourself, it never really got anywhere. But if we sign on to it. It looked good. Then it looked good. Yes. Yeah, and you know what? It, it, this is what reminds me of. You remember when the Republicans used to be the ones that had to sign pledges yeah. of, uh, of allegiance? Yeah. We've done a complete flip now, and now it's the Democrats signing these allegiance of uh, their uh, allegiance to certain uh, causes. But this was dead in the water, and like uh, uh, Tone Talks pointed out before that, uh, and that's what Killer Mike kind of got of uh, like uh, taken taken aback by that these Democrats are using this as coverage. Everybody could see this. You know, I mean, the people they invited there was not even serious uh, to, to the uh, to the to the uh, panel. It even, was like, who, who are these people that you're inviting? Even though you told me it wasn't important, I still had to look at uh, Talib's uh, article that he wrote. Right. Which is why ADOS is trash. Receipts mm-hmm. attached. <laughs> <clears throat> And I think the key line is here, the ADOS position is that we should not, for those who are new to the show, ADOS, American Descendants of Slavery. The mm-hmm. ADOS position is that we should not vote for any Democrats unless they promise to support reparations. But ADOS doesn't hold the GOP to the same standard. Is and we that see what it's why. about? Ta-Nehisi- yeah. But is that In what it's Ta-Nehisi about? Yeah. clip, we have the most leverage over the Democrats. I mean, what are we going to say? Uh, yeah, we're not going to give you a vote that we weren't going to give you yeah, anyway. Like, like Republicans would go, all right, bro, thanks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we knew and, that. And then it goes to show you that he's complete, completely full of, you were saying, crap, because as we've seen as things played out, ADOS came back with this sleight of hand trick of voting down ballot, which right. nobody actually votes down ballot. You vote straight ticket, which yeah would have been a vote for the Democrats anyway. So everybody's been exposed. Like the litmus test is tangibles. Right. And you see him, oh, they're asking Democrats for, uh, for, for tangibles. I mean, how, you know, what's, that's a problem. How's that a problem? <laughs> and he claims to be pro reparations. That's the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. He, he claims to be pro reparations and, uh, dream defenders or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah. Dream defenders claim to be pro reparations as well. But it's like when you start holding people's feet to the fire, oh, you can't do that. You're being a little too rough. But let's continue on with the three-minute question <laughs> <laughs> for, for Talib Kweli uh, with part three. 
I like the fact that Bernie Sanders is fluid enough because he also was on a tape in 2015 actually speaking against reparations. Mm-hmm. He has changed his position. Mm-hmm. He has gotten more information. Right. You know, and he he has spoken out. He has spoken. He is a co-sponsor of H.R. 40. Um, what do you have to say about people who say that H.R. 40 is just a study and has no teeth? And and because ADOS and people who are sympathetic to their cause say that the Democrats don't really support reparations because H.R. 40 is 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 a dodge is what they're calling. Yeah. Hello. Can you read? It is a dodge. Yeah. I, mean, I don't understand how he doesn't get this. That's interesting. And he he even mentioned in 2015 and in the 2019 question that was posed to uh, Bernie Sanders. And he said no to both. So where was the evolution of his viewpoint of reparations? Doesn't seem to be there. We heard it for ourselves. He said no in 2015. Hard no. Mm -hmm. Then he come back 2019. Charlemagne, you know, kind of try to coax him again and ask him about check payouts. No, with no explanation. So where's his evolution or, uh, you know, uh, evolving of Bernie Sanders on the reparations? A topic that Quali uh, Talib Quali uh, spoke of is is complete BS. He's, he's an agent of change, Mo. He's out there to he's change a- your mind. Well, he 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 knows the talking points. Yeah. I, I guess I mean, uh, but I mean, he was fully exposed. But I mean, we can continue. I mean, we want to have to continue on that. But you see, and then I just want to uh, reference some kind kind of things that Mister uh, stop, stop 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 Agnew went stop, stop 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 stop. Yes. Are these guys? So we have um, Talib, mm-hmm. we have uh, Killer Mike. Uh, who else do we have? Cardi B. Well, <laughs> Cardi B. I know. Uh, you <laughs> Are know, you doing rappers or what? Well, no, I'm I'm doing people who who have these fronts, who have these so-called you know like dream defenders. And what was the other mm-hmm. one we looked at? What was the other organization? Color change. Color a change. Is this not, and maybe this is wrong for me to bring up, but is this not the definition of house Negroes? Is that not what these people are when you see that they're 100% tools of the Democratic plantation? Well, see, that's what they're playing on. And we're just going to get into the house Negro, field Negro spectrum. They mask themselves as field Negroes. That we're out here with the common people, right? right. I mean, that's and that's the analogy to that. Yes. You have the people okay. inside yes. the room yeah. Yeah. as uh, self-admittedly uh, Roland Martin. We got to get inside the house. You know what <laughs> 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 if we can get inside the house, then we can talk to master it's and change his mind. It's mad crazy. <laughs> right. Whereas uh, a Talib Kweli, and I, I'm, I'm going to get killed for this, but I don't give a rat's ass anyway. But um. You have Talia Kweli and these other people that run up to the porch and get their talking points from Massa. It's like, uh, like okay. And then they tell them, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. Go, 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 go. Tell them I'm, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And, you know, make it look good. And they come out to the field and like, oh, we're gonna take Massa house over. You know what I'm saying? And then, they, bro, you, we see the plate of food is being left on the on the porch for you. I mean. <laughs> I'm sorry, it cracks me up. But yes, you're gonna get killed for it. But thank you, that was fantastic. I don't give a rat's ass because you know what? At the end of the day, 
I don't play those games, and you're not going to play those games on me, and you're not going to play those games on the people that only watch five minutes of news, where these people rolled out for a segment on MSNBC or whatever uh, to give talking points, because that's what they do. And the Democrats understand this, and they're like, okay, we need factions in both the House and the field. And it's, you know... and they're you there. Help us? And they're yeah. there. It's right there. there. Yeah. Give us what we're owed. You know what I'm saying? We don't want, you know, we don't want, we don't want, want better working hours in the field. You know what I'm saying? Like, we want to be free. Yeah. But I, I digress. I'm sorry about no, that. No, that's good. Thank you. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I loved hearing it. Right. Um, with that Now, said, Cardi B. Um, Let's get back to Cardi. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, Cardi B, Bernie Sanders, and Joe Biden. Uh, since Bernie dropped out, well, now we're at the point, now we're at the beginning of the show, he's dropped out now. So mm-hmm. we went all the way around the block to give you the full picture of how he got to the point of dropping out. Uh, Bernie Sanders and Cardi B talk Biden. Former presidential candidate grilled by a famous rapper? <laughs> exactly. This is really cool. So Senator Bernie Sanders uh, teamed up with, guess who? Cardi B for a live Instagram interview. The outspoken supporter of Sanders had a uh, Instagram live yesterday and she sat down with Bernie Sanders and had some really interesting things to say about why Senator Sanders uh, suspended his campaign. And more importantly, she talked about why now he's backing Joe Biden. And so is she. Take a listen to this. So now we have uh, 45 and Joe Biden. And you know, me, since I've been so on you and so focused on you, I haven't really done my research well on Joe Biden. I will want you to tell my platform why are you endorsing him. <laughs> uh, yes. Cardi so we're B. We're going to find out why. Yeah, Cardi B. <laughs> Cardi mm-hmm. B. Yes. Uh, not, by the way, Car- Cardi B, not ADOS. Just want everyone to know. No. No. What is she? And it's amazing. Uh, I'm getting good at recognizing this. See, now I can, I can do the paper bag test with my eyes now. Uh, she, right. I she think she's a... Uh, oh, I got here. Dominican, identif- Dominican, yeah. Yeah, and say, uh, yeah. Spanish. Yeah, okay, got it. Right, and she's been very... Uh, said some very inflammatory things about black people as well. Uh, so... I, really? I, I, yeah. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Yes. I mean, you can go look it up for yourself. But I mean, we're, we're not going to get into the chatty patty stuff. But just the, since you brought that up, it was that very questionable. But you have to ask yourself. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got to stop you. I'm sorry. I know, I know you're on a roll. <laughs> Did you say chatty patty? Yes. Interesting. We say chatty cha- patty is. We say chatty right? Kathy. We say chatty Kathy. Who's chatty patty? Who was who Chatty Cathy? You know, I'll tell you I, if this is I, don't know. I gotta ask Tina. That's her. I learned that from her. She's like Chatty Cathy, and now I'm here in Chatty Patty. Huh. Yeah, it's. I think it's the same. They're probably cousins or sisters. Must, or, but. <laughs> they're related somehow. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Right, I, I didn't mean to hang you up people, there. Yeah, just to talk. Just to talk. Just to talk. I mean, like you know, um, that kind of thing. But why is a serious presidential candidate having a serious conversation? With a rapper and an uninformed rapper by her own words. I don't, I don't know that much about Joe Biden. So, what is your endorsement? How does that carry weight? Yeah, it doesn't. And then it's, it's all it's mainstream a, media. It's the, well, it, it's what uh, the Democrat Party elite believe is important. You know, they, 
how important was it to have Jay-Z and Beyonce and uh, uh, endorsing Hillary? I mean, it's they in fact, it's probably one of the most racist things I've ever seen. Let's just it's get some term- let's just get some random uh, dark skin colored person uh, mm-hmm. to endorse me because eh, the other dark skinned people will like that. It's racist. It's black devation is what it is. Black devation. I'm sorry. It's a better word. Black devation. Yeah, yes. It's black. Deva- We're going to get black people out here to stir up the other black people. And you know how they love that Cardi B. You know, <laughs> they love that rap music. So, I mean, this is the that- conversation that goes on in the back in the rooms, right? It's like, who can we get? <laughs> uh, I could probably get Cardi who- B. She's easy. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's go get Cardi. And okay. Uh, J- uh, Bernie, you're going to talk to Cardi. Yeah. And then, you know, and now. Bernie's out of it. Now Cardi has to be you leveraged yeah. to bring the Bernie supporters in. But let's let uh let's let Bernie Sanders a- ask the question that was uh, answer the question that was asked to him about his supporters. Donald Trump is to my mind the most dangerous president in the modern history of America. What I am also trying to do right now, Cardi, is to work with Joe to see that he becomes a more progressive candidate. So, Gail, this is really important because a lot of people were worried that some of Senator Sanders' supporters would not back Joe Biden. Well, somebody like Cardi B says she is. Listen, Vlad, I think Cardi B and Bernie Sanders are a show waiting to happen. The two of them clearly have a rapport. (laughs) Uh, was that was that Gail? It sounded like Gail. Yeah, that was, Gail. was Gail. And it's it's a show waiting to happen. This the show is already on. What are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> this is this is all for entertainment. It's so pathetic. Cardi B, very entertaining, super entertaining to watch. Comes across as being pretty stupid, and I don't know who yeah. she represents other than fifteen year old white girls. Well, um, it's interesting that you asked that question. Who she represents? Uh, Miss Karen Hunter will answer that question for you. I never thought I would be saying these words. I think I really appreciate Cardi B. Never thought that would be coming out of my mouth. I think I really do for a lot of reasons. And let me just say, as, as somebody that, you know, as Larry talks about ancestors, I have such a profound respect for my elders. I have such a profound respect for people who have been here before me, who know more things than I do. But I'm now wildly aware that we are in a generation where you don't you you become an influencer or you can influence people without having too much knowledge, wisdom, understanding. And yet you're in that seat. And I cannot discount that you have the ability to reach people by any means necessary is one of my heroes famous phrases by any means necessary and i think we're in that by any means necessary bubble so cardi b let me say thank you for being engaged for being as ratchet as you are to reach the ratchet among us who who they hear your voice when you when you open your mouth you i believe people are going to vote because cardi b said so <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cardi B said so. That's it. Boy, the man. Ratchet. Boy. Got to get the ratchets out in the streets. Boy, I mean, she oh actually boy. used that word ratchet. And ratchet is a sentiment, uh, synonym for ghetto. Uh-huh. Oh, right. So she basically said, yeah, Cardi B speaks to the ghetto people. 
And you know, even though she's not that bright, let me just the ratchet. I'm sorry, this is that's it. Yeah, please do, please do. She said, even though Cardi B's not that bright, (laughs) she can go get the other not bright people, aka ratchet, ghetto, low class black people, to go out there and vote democratically. And you know what? Like Malcolm X says, by any means necessary. That's right. She had a nerve. That's quite a nerve there to compare that to Cardi B and Malcolm X. She couldn't even say his name in the clip. That's why she said my hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she she couldn't bring herself to to bring that name up in this these these shenanigans. (sighs) Seriously. Cardi B, you, you're, you're leveraging That's cr- your integrity, Miss Hunter. Yeah. Which I have. Cardi so, I mean, B. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Cardi B is going to be, yeah, we, well, we got to leverage the idiot, <laughs> even though we know she's an idiot. These are not my words. Uh, I looked up uh, Ratchet. Uh-huh. R-A-T-C-H-E-T in the Urban Dictionary. I would like to yes, attempt please. this. I will do a white man reading of the explanation. Hey. Uh, ratchet, a ghetto dialect mispronunciation of the English term wretched. Example, old girl with her hoochie ass clothes too tight and her track shown in her scraggly ass weave with her fake ass Gucci bag thinks she cute. She ratchet. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks for the, I'm glad you turned me on to this word. Now I can use this everywhere. And that's and this is who Karen Hunter wants to leverage. Crazy, Cardi B to get out and go vote. So it's not about being informed. No, it's not about being enlightened. It's not about you know educating or no. We can use her sixty-three million Instagram followers uh, to get that percentage up around back to sixty-three percent. You know, it's just a numbers uh, game. That's, that's that, it. That, numerology there is crazy. Yeah, that's right. I just that's realized right. that. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. So that's what they want by any means necessary. Oh my god! Pretty brazen, right? Pretty brazen to use that. All right, uh, <laughs> but let's let Miss Hunter continue on with her new hero, Cardi B. Uh, Bernie Sanders had a town hall, and let me say, I'm I'm really loving Bernie Sanders more that he's out of the race because I'm seeing stop, the stop, level stop, of, stop, stop, of, stop. of I don't normally do this. <laughs> Before yeah. she continues on, remember number seven? Yes. Bernie Sanders. What was that? What was the term she used? He, he, the tone with black people. We know, shall we listen to number seven again? Please, I, I, would, please, I wouldn't please, mind please. to revisit. Yeah. So I want to open up the phones because there were a lot of people yesterday that want to talk about Bernie Sanders. Mm. Bernie people. Mm-hmm. And I need to understand y'all. 866 Because y'all move in a way that feels cultish and i'm gonna say that out loud so call at me whatever it's i have no agenda i don't like bernie sanders because not because of anything personal Mm. i had the opportunity to watch him for four five five years now and what i see is a man that's stuck in a particular ideology i'm not saying he didn't march with king but that was 50 years ago i'm saying racially he's from a uh, he's from a state that has no culture Mm. That reminds me of my own. Mm -hmm. And the things that he says are insulting when he talks about black people to me. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. (laughs) Insulting to black people. Insulting, yes. From a state that has no culture like my own. 
There's no black uh-huh. no black people up there apparently. And, and she watched him for four or five years. Never interviewed him. Never brought him on the platform. To, you know, saying let him you know iron out the differences they have. But yeah, so let's go right back into number uh, thirty four now with their lo- her love fest for Bernie. Uh, Bernie Sanders had a town hall. And let me say, I'm, I'm really loving Bernie Sanders more that he's out of the race because I'm seeing the level of, of maturity that I would expect from somebody in his position. And I'm seeing it play oh. out now. Is that good enough for folk who supported Bernie Sanders? Is that good enough for you uh, that your candidate is getting behind Joe Biden in a very powerful way that he's using his platform to push Joe Biden. This, and that's how politics works, by the way. It's a, it's a game of compromise. It's a game of engagement. It's a game of reaching across aisles and, and bridging gaps. That's what politics used to be. Used to be a, a gentlewoman, a gentleman's game of compromise. 866-801-8255. Lurie Daniel Favors is here. Uh, as Cardi B leverages her 63 million followers on Instagram, 11 million on Twitter, um, and I'm sure there's a convergence, so I'll give her the top. 63 million people follow Cardi B. She has influence. She may not That's know right. a whole lot of everything, may not have a depth of knowledge, but she has influence <laughs> and she is voting for Joe Biden. Is that good enough? Uh, it's also it's also very misogynistic in a way. You know, it's also it's like, you know, she's she's dumb, but she's cute. Oh, yeah. She's a cute woman. She got 63 million people who like her dumbness. So yeah, good to go. It's so insulting. And I wonder if Cardi B knows it's insulting. She might. She not. has to. Well, I mean, she she has uh, to say you're not that bright, but we're going to use you anyway. <laughs> You'd be surprised. It's the epitome. It's the epitome of the relationship between black people and the Democratic Party rolled up into one conversation. Wow. Yeah, I got you. And not just a recent one. Them, it's for for fifty no, years. Let's keep them uninformed and activated. Are blacktivated when we need them. Yep, especially the ones who got lots of followers. There you have it. <laughs> so cynical. Yeah, and but she doesn't have. I have no agenda. Is what the lady said. But yeah. that's, the, you that's the best. Whoever. That's the best part. But you got to stop listening to this woman, uh, Mo. She's going to drive you crazy. Actually, she's not because I love to. If you. No other place are you going to hear her two statements played in short, such short mm. proximity of each other right. to point out how full of BS she is. And like I said. And representative of, of the media class, really. Right. Well, well the boule, because she's saying the same thing that Roland Martin says. It's about compromise. No, yeah. incremental steps. Oh, yeah. we need, you know, it's, I, also you know, like, I also like that. Uh, well, it used to be a gentleman's game and a gentlewoman's game, and it was compromise. But you need to read a little bit of history. No, it's never been about that, ever. That's, that's the farce. That's the facade. It's about deals. Deals in the background. That's how it comes together. And once we realize that, as a people, it's all about deals. We have a commodity called the vote. You want our vote? What's the other end of the deal? Plain and simple. Until they get that figured out, <laughs> be prepared to lose. All right. Okay. So now, as you know, I'll always like to leave the show 
on a positive note. So Bernie Sanders, he's a little bit miserable right now uh, after dropping out of the race. Hello? Oh. Oh, fucking hell. I hate myself. What have I done? I can't believe I just did that. What is wrong with me? I can't help you, Bernie. You didn't have to drop out. You didn't have to endorse Joe Biden. No, I just put a grocery bag down on my kitchen table. Now I got to re-sanitize the goddamn thing all over again. <laughs> or was the table infected and now I got to sanitize the grocery bag? I can't remember. <laughs> what did I touch last and where? Jay? <laughs> that's, a, that's pretty good. That's a good impersonator. Is that Jimmy Doors? Do we want a Jimmy yeah, Doors guy? Yeah, I don't that's, know who is impersonating. That's him, but pretty that was good. Pretty funny. That's pretty good. He gets it. He gets it for but sure. Bernie Sanders does have a plan B to win this nomination, and I think we should hear it. You just revealed my plan B, young man. <laughs> Rather than fight it out all the way to the convention like any sensible politician might, yeah. I'm counting on Joe getting caught wandering aimlessly in his pajamas in a Delaware shopping mall. <laughs> That's when a lonely nation will turn its lonely eyes to me for leadership. <laughs> <laughs> And there you have it. Uh, that's funny. Well, uh, you have convinced me because I'd never really paid attention to these details. And I think you're right. When when you take it in the context of reparations specifically, uh, it's very easy to prove that Bernie was always just a heat-seeking missile that was programmed, run, and control from home base. And I hate to say it, and a lot of people were duped. Well, a and, lot and, of young black voters as well. A lot of young black yeah. voters. Yeah, and it's it's disgusting, really. And twice, twice they have uh, used Bernie, and I always thought they were abusing him. But man, you're right; he's in on it. <laughs> he's in on it. He's allowed this to happen. Jeez, that's kind of mind blowing. I, I've not considered it that way. I thought the guy was real. And, uh, and, and now I can't see all his moves. Yeah, were, but, I mean, it makes all the sense. But when you come down to the to the brass the tacks, the most, yeah, yeah, he was it, he did exactly the opposite of what every Democratic politician want. Democrat politician wants is to get the black vote. He alienated it on purpose. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like no, no <laughs> reparations. No, no, nah, I don't think so. Wow, Mo. Okay, this is another one for the books, my friend. That was a good one. <laughs> I like it. Showing me how Bernie Sanders is controlled opposition through the the beautiful journey of the black vote. It's a great way to do it. Only took you 36 clips. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is a value for value show. Uh, if you found any value in what you learned here, what you heard, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Please translate that value into some numbers. Go to mofax.com or uh, directly to our donation page, mofundme.com, M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com. And uh, we'd be very happy to thank you for that on the next show. As our producers, of course, come from uh, the people who listen to it, our tribe right here, MoFax with Adam Curry. Mo, thank you so much for taking on the journey one more time, my friend. And as I always say, Pay attention to everything, and the truth will reveal itself. And we will reveal ourselves again uh, next Saturday, Rona willing. Till then, take care. Bye, Mo. All right, see you later, Adam.
Oh! 